Tastes a little kicking. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Granny's Peach Tea. We are at episode 71. And Jason looks really different this week. I'm just going to just throw it out there and just say that. Uh, is yeah, it multiplying? I think it is. Or maybe it's like maybe multiverse Jason. But we call multiverse Jason Don. Don Owens, what Yo. is up, man? What is going down, guys? So happy to be here. We got a lot of great content to talk about today. Yeah, I mean, if uh, you've seen Don on PCPs and uh, Am I on the Air, he has his own show, and you know, that's his show. So he's going in and doing his thing on there. And, you know, we cross pollinate all the time around here. So this is it. And we yeah. figured he'd be a perfect match to come in for Granny's, for, especially for this episode. Because this, like Don said, we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, and if you've seen the show before, you you know Rick already. Rick's been on us. He was on his Hawkeye run with us because that's his man right there. I uh, joined us for the yeah. Batman review and for our Spider-Man No Way Home review. Some of our biggest episodes to date. So, uh, Rick, what's going on, man? Feeling good. Feeling good. Just rewatched uh, The Boys. So I came in here all pumped up. Threw a t-shirt on. Remind me of Mother's Milk for a bit. Nice. <laughs> that is a shirt he would be rocking. So, no, I'm just pumped to talk about these things. Uh, haven't spoken uh, with you for a while. Um, and uh, I think we've just really been blessed the last seven days. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot. Between Thor, Love, and Thunder, we've gotten Miss Marvel. Um, you know, we've gotten the boys. Uh, and we have some cool stuff coming down the line. But there is a little bit of a lull outside of Harley Quinn coming up. It's kind of just a little quiet there. We got Harley Quinn, we got the DC Super Pets, which of course we'll we'll talk about it and we'll see it and we'll hope it'll be fun. We know it'll be mostly it'll be kids' fun. thing. It'll, it'll be, be fun. fun. Of course it will. I mean, look at the cast they got. You know, yes. it, it'll be there. Jason will probably take his son to see it. It'll, it. it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Rick, would you take Helen to see that? It would be her first movie if I did. So, Whoa, maybe. okay. Not maybe. Trolls? Uh, we saw those at home. She was oh, too young. okay. Yeah, so yeah, it'd be her first movie. She could hold her own bucket of popcorn and have her own candy. I think uh, it's almost the right time for it. Nice. All right, that would be a... Sorry, just sharing the show out there quickly. Yeah, that would be a, a nice one, I think, to, to get her started with, though. Um, Hell yeah. All right, let's go ahead and, and let's let's jump into it then, guys. Let's go ahead and kick it off with The Boys. Season 3 finale. We'll throw up the spoiler warning since it's been up for a little less than a week there you go so if you haven't seen the finale then come check us out for the, the next segment if you haven't if you haven't seen this marvel <laughs> or you know come back and check us out another time um but yeah guys i mean this finale like it was nuts it was actually i think it was honestly the most action-packed episode of the boys we've ever gotten i mean because you know the show does a lot of there's action involved in it but there's you know a lot of like crazy off-the-wall humor and all smart satire and stuff like that, but I I feel like this was the most action we've gotten. Don, what what's your take on yeah. that? Yeah, I I think I agree. Um, the, this whole season I feel has been a step up 
Um, and yeah, this finale definitely too. I feel like this is something I want to go back and watch again. I know he's he just finished watching it again to get prepped for it. Uh, I I, sh- I wish like if I had a little bit more time before we did this show, I would have totally done it as well too. Because I've been meaning to go back because I feel like there was so much jam packed in that last episode mm-hmm. that. I feel like I've missed stuff, you know, and I just, I want to go back and I just want to kind of fresh eyes, rewatch it again. Cause it was that just, there was so much going on. <laughs> so, um, but what an amazing season. Yeah. Rick, uh, yeah. What's, what's your take? You think we got the, the most uh, action packed episode yet? I liked all the hand to hand combat stuff. It started showing like the, we always thought that, you know, there was all these giant layers of superheroes and now we're actually getting to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like when they fight together. You know, you get to see it's like everybody attacking Thanos. Like it was, uh, it, it's it's been a good step up because normally it's like an eye blast or you know something really quick, grabbing grabbing a guy and dragging him. It's always quick. It was a lot of fun to see the hand to hand stuff, especially uh, uh, Homelander kind of getting his butt handed to him in a fist fight with a girl. Yeah, which we <laughs> haven't seen it, and and Jason and I had talked about it a couple of weeks ago because we were always wondering like. What is Maeve's like power level? Because we don't really see her do that much with her powers a lot, you know. I think early on you see a, a scene with like there's a truck coming on in season one, and she, you know, yeah. she stops it. And you, you always kind of get the idea. I was associated. She's obviously the, um, you know, she's Wonder supposed Woman. to be like Wonder Woman. So yeah. you, I always equate her right. So she's probably as strong as Homelander, but she kind of seems scared of Homelander up until this episode. And now they finally get to fight. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of powered-on-powered fighting, which we don't get a lot of. Like Rick had mentioned, there's been a lot of soup versus regular person, and that ends usually in two seconds or something like that. Or, you know, But we did get a lot of fighting. But I guess let's go ahead and hit on each character and where their arc ended up for the season. And I think the biggest one to start with is Homelander. I mean, he's evil incarnate. He's a douchebag. He's also a guy that I personally can't take my eyes off of. Whenever the dude is on the screen, he just gives gives me this uneasy feeling. Like, what the hell is this guy going to do? Because he's on edge and he's he's nuts. He's absolutely insane. Um, yeah, he, he's super, super nuts. I want to ask you guys, have you ever watched the show Banshee? I have not, but I heard he was on I heard Anthony Starr was on it and yes. he was great. He is the lead of this show, Banshee, which not enough people watched because it was on Cinemax and nobody mm-hmm. has Cinemax. So <laughs> it was always one of those hard ones. But uh, uh, it was, it's was it been off the air for a couple of years now. And so this that show made me a big fan of him. So when he got cast as Homelander, I was like, oh, my dude from Banshee. And <laughs> I was super stoked to see because, I mean, it's obviously such a different character from that show. Uh, but uh, on a plug note, I just would recommend you all watch Banshee because I think it's one of the all-time greatest shows. Uh, it's super violent. It's just a very adult. The fighting is insane. Um, and it just all takes place in this little town of Banshee, Pennsylvania. And there's just so much going on and where he plays the sheriff that's He's not really the sheriff. He takes the guy's identity and becomes the sheriff of this town. And, of course, he's not a cop. So the rest of the squad is, like, thinking he's always getting away with all this shit because he just does it his way. And um, it's an amazing show. So every time I get a chance to plug it, I'm like, yo, 
go watch Banshee. I believe it's all streaming on HBO Max uh, because they have all the Cinemax rights. So uh, definitely check that out for anybody out there. But him as Homelander, man, dude, Anthony Starr, dude, it is so amazing like what he does with this character because you're right. Like he's the biggest douchebag, the worst person in the world, but you cannot take your eyes off of him anytime he's on screen. It just blows my mind episode to episode that he just continues to top himself. Like, I love this character. Yeah, and uh, Rick, I want to throw it to you because it seems like a lot of Homelander's motivation this season, and and especially in this episode, it seems to be revolving around fathers and his need, the part of him that is a need to want to, like, be a part of a family. Because we know about his background where he was, you know, Butcher says it at one point, he was kind of like made in a test tube in a way and didn't really have any as this whole fake persona that was made for the public, you know, good old American boy, baseball and all this other stuff. Um, but it's bullshit because the guy's a psychopath. Um, and but but the whole thing with him seeking out because the first uh, scene of the episode is we see him find Ryan immediately. He gets Ryan back and Ryan wants to go with him. He takes off with him. And then later in the episode, though, he is really in like infatuated with Soldier Boy because he's you know again he's on the impression that Soldier Boy is his father at this point, and he just yearns for family even to the point where he goes ahead and when Noir comes back, the dude like performs a Mortal Kombat fatality on him because he didn't tell him about Soldier Boy. So um, yeah, your thoughts on on Homelander and his whole father family. Thing throughout the season and this episode it's a cautionary tale um uh recently i was uh uh reading something on facebook and it was about like uh, you know one of my responses on it was about uh people watch like a disney property and expect it to be made for adults mm-hmm. and it's not you know uh they're they have to cut things out sometimes because it might be too scary it might cross lines that we would all really enjoy you know, the Joker movie wasn't made for children. Mm-hmm. Um, and the boys is not made for children. Um, but with that that switch up, I feel like they kept a great cautionary tale for guys our age to guys to like 20 years old. Um, and that is, you know, you saw Homelander grow up without a father and you see the, the vacuum that it creates. And then you get the juxtaposed with, Butcher growing up with his father, who was a POS, and you see the vacuum that that creates. <laughs> and then, you know, you, we get to see, um, oh, God, his name's escaping me. Huey? Uh, Huey. Uh, Huey. Yeah. We get to see him with his father. Yeah. And we get to see the relationship they have, the admiration between the two of them. You get to see... Um, there's less hate in his heart. There, you know, there's less angst. There's, you know, he just, uh, we get to see what it's like for you to stay home and be dad and, and like guide a child, you know, and build that bond with them. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously it's not fair. Like not every guy that grew up without his dad is, you know, would do things like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I think that they just are taking the opportunity to give us like multiple examples. Mother's milk being another one. A, you know, a dad that's making mistakes, but he's trying to be the good dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just a, I think it's just a great tale, you know, to give us, you know, got, you know, to give men a little, you know, a little bit of like, hey, this is, this is what this thing looks like. You know, these are the holes that it can create. Um, 
don't know. That, that's I, I got a lot of that this season from it. Yeah, oddly enough, I feel like that was the underlining theme of the season and concluding in the finale was it was revolving around family, which on the surface when you watch the show, when you got guys jumping into pee holes and exploding people and, you know, the hero gasm and everything else, you wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, this is just show. This is a family show, actually. That's kind of what it's about. Um, but I just kind of felt like that's what it was about. And when Homelander goes ahead and sees Soldier Boy and then he – is kind of like rolling out the red carpet for him. He's like, hey, you know, this is my dad. This is what I've always wanted. And meanwhile, Soldier Boy's coming to kill him, but is also struggling with that decision the entire way as they're getting to Vought Tower because Butcher's like, dude, we got a deal. We have a deal. We had the deal together. You're going to kill him. He's not really your son. You know, he was in a test tube. He's, he, it's not what you think. And then leading up to that, you see the two pretty much Homelander's like, oh, dad, and then you got, oh, wait, is this my son or not? And then when they finally face off face-to-face, Homelander gets super desperate, brings Ryan out, and is like, look, your grandson, here, it is, here he is and stuff. Like, you know, you you know, try to melt your heart. And I also just wonder, was Homelander kind of scared of Soldier Boy? Also at that point, too, because that's the first person that we know of that hurt him and went toe-to-toe and held his own with him, so... He's had bruises and stuff like Maeve alluded to in the, in the last episode. You know, you you got some cover up on and stuff. So, yeah, it was there was definitely a lot of that. And then Soldier Boy's total rejection of him, and is like, man, if I would have raised you, you would have been such a disappointment. And really breaks him down right there. And then that ends up leading to like the big fight and in Vought Tower, which, I mean, yeah, Soldier Boy versus Homelander. You had, I'm sorry, uh, you had Homelander versus Maeve, which we finally got. Soldier Boy's fighting against Butcher, who's also fighting against uh, Starlight. And then you get, you know, Huey in the mix is trying to evacuate the entire Vought Tower because, you know, we've all seen how much BBS got shit years ago. <laughs> Their collateral damage and everything. So, you know, collateral damage is a thing in superhero stuff. Um, but, yeah, it was just, it was, it was just really wild. And then you see Butcher looking at, Ryan the same way, just kind of like a somewhat of a father figure as well. And Homelander, I'm sorry, Soldier Boy throws it in his face like, wait a second, your wife, Homelander banged your wife, and now you're watching for this kid? Like, what the fuck? So the family elements are just really twisted in this damn show, man. Um, yeah. Like, so twisted. Only, only the way they can do it. Don, go ahead. I, it yeah. seems like you, you got something there. Go. <laughs> I, I mean, nothing nothing special. Just it is. It's twisted. It's all so twisted. Like, every way that you kind of beeline each character to each other is just mad twisted. And But that's what you expect. I mean, that's what sets this so far apart from anything the MCU is doing or DC is doing. It's just that it is this weird comic book land, but... It's just so on the whole other end of the spectrum when it comes down to it, like with what these characters are doing, what we see on screen every week, you know, from every single episode, what they throw at us that we're just like, how are we watching this right now? (laughs) Um, It's it's insane, but that's why we love it. It's so unique and it's so special. Like, it's just, it's not your typical average of the run stuff, man. They show us the things that no one else could get away with. And that, that's why it's so amazing. Wow. And, yeah. I, and I, I, as before we leave uh, what you just brought up, um, when I was re-watching it, 
Uh, that was probably the biggest scene of the whole episode to me. Uh, when I first watched things, I looked for Easter eggs and I just want to enjoy the story. When I rewatch it, I'm trying to figure out what they were trying to say, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and when I was watching that scene the second time through, it was kind of hard to watch. Because um, if you think about it, it's kind of like every boy's worst nightmare to have to fight their father. Like, even if you know you could win, you know, mm -hmm. you, you can't really win. Um, and so, you know, that with the bruises, but then when he started talking about him being a failure, like that's where he really hurts him, you know, and, and he's kind of the only person in the whole world that can actually really hurt him like that. Yeah. Um, you know, cause he's constantly looking down on other people and everything's a lesser being than him, but his dad, you know, you know, yeah. his dad is not a lesser being. And, uh, I just thought that scene was, uh, it was a really good scene. I thought it was really good. I, I feel like there was a bunch of things going on there that maybe on the first time through, I didn't really pick up, but on the second time, like, got a couple things going on there. Well, the other big thing that I, I saw that the um, the showrunners were talking about was the big fake out they did. So those who are familiar with the boys' comics, that's pretty much where Maeve dies, essentially, where Homelander fucking kills her. And in this, it's more of like a hand-to-hand -hand showdown, and he ends up like going almost wrestling style where he puts his thumb in her eye and it's like really looks like he's taking a lot of pleasure ripping her damn eye out. And it, it took him a lot to get there because she kept punching him and hitting him. And he's like, all right, get away, Maeve. Not now, not now, not okay. now. And she wasn't going to, she wasn't giving up. And that's when he fought back. And it was, it was really a knock him out, drag him out fight right there. That was, that was there. But the big fake out being, you know, most people who thought, that he was gonna fucking just kill her right there. I think he just decapitates her in the comic. I understand, and then and that's that. But here it's like, no, she gets to hold her own. And then we see later on when Soldier Boy is about to go all nuclear, you know, she kind of another another fake out of a death, jumps out the window with him and tries to go in. Looks like she's dead. And then we find out she survived. And the, the boys, you know, went ahead and took her in as well. Um, and it, and it's hard to, before we, we like leave that whole thing. Huey, Huey also makes a couple of interesting choices in this scene and also earlier. The scene, the choice I want he makes during the battle is if you remember his whole motivation to taking the V24 was because he felt like nothing compared to Starlight. Like he couldn't save her, he couldn't keep up with her. This put him on a physical, even playing field for that. And then we know going into this that if he takes it one more time, he's going to die. And in the beginning of the episode, Butcher goes at it, which we, Jason and I had talked about a couple of days ago, was he stops him, which I kind of saw coming that he was gonna he wasn't gonna let him go through with that, and he reminds him of how he looks. He reminds him of his brother, who we had flashbacks to. But then the V twenty four, he's got one more in. He sees Starlight's in trouble with her fight with Soldier Boy. Instead, he chooses to not take the V twenty four that he has and add more power to Starlight so she can draw more energy to take down. Soldier Boy right there, which I thought was a pretty big choice for the character to make, considering where we started with him during the season. Yeah, he did the right thing for once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah, and because he was killing himself, and she was trying to warn yeah. him repeatedly about it, and you know, he decided, all right, let let's just go ahead and lean into her and let me help her and and support her in this whole battle that's here. Um. And then I guess the other things that we get too is that Homelander has a, another scene where 
he's with Deep and A-Train and Ashley, and he talks about how Noir, he pretty much was killed in the war, by the way, and puts his helmet down there, and talks about how he was told that the Seven were going to be a family to him. And he was let down by this family again. And he just, like, totally shits on them, like he constantly does. And Ashley, is, you know, is like, oh, take off the wig, Ashley. You know, we know this is bullshit. You've got some weird shit going. He kind of, like, undresses all of them one by one between Deep and A-Train and them. And it's just, and again, because he didn't get the family he wanted. So such an evil guy, being that's all he wants, I thought that was a very interesting thing that kept on getting hammered home in this episode. He keeps giving me major like Negan vibes on those scenes a lot of times. Oh yeah. When he's like singling his people out or talking to his people and he's gotta talk down to them. He uh I get major, major Negan vibes. Also, it, it didn't come up earlier. Uh is he got cotton in his mouth? Like what's going on with that? Who? Uh Homelander's whips. I don't think so. Why? Were you thinking? I mean, he looks like he's got like some Marlon Brando thing going on with his, <laughs> with his lower lip, like some Godfather thing going on. And uh, like I thought that for like the last season, and I heard it mentioned earlier, and I just want to see if anybody else had picked up on this. Don? No, no. <laughs> I, 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 I hope not. Heard, I mean, but, yeah. is, that, is that what his face looks like? I mean, Don, you've seen him more I mean, than back in the yeah. for a couple of seasons. Is that I mean, he funny? he looks he looks totally different in the show than like he normally does. Like, and especially like in Banshee, I mean, he's got brown hair. He's always got a beard. You know, like I mean, he looks totally different. So seeing him blonde and clean shaven was a shock <laughs> when the show first started. So I mean, it, it is like I think he just has weird lips, <laughs> and oh, that's yeah, why he's always got the beard because it just takes away from. How distinct his lips are, so uh, you know. I, I don't know. I, I think I, don't, I never thought about him chewing cotton or anything. <laughs> um, interesting note. So when they, before they leave the tower, though, I thought it's interesting too is that Ryan makes his own choice. If you remember back to the season two finale, when he walks, he leaves, walks past Homelander, and leaves with Butcher. They kind of go off, and that's it. They pretty much twisted it around this season where Ryan makes the choice to leave with Homelander and walk around Butcher because he kind of sees Homelander as more of his dad, at least at the moment. Because, I mean, the kid, you can't imagine how fucked up this kid is at this point where, you know, he's been hidden from his father and he's seeing the city shit he's seeing and, you know, killing his mother and everything like that. Um, and I thought that was a pretty cool parallel from finale to finale, from season to season, that you kind of just flipped it around. And we'll get to where we see Homelander at the end of the episode in a second, which is I, every time I think the guy can't become more unhinged, they just keep on they just keep on <laughs> pushing him further and further. Yeah, they just find a way. Uh, but the fallout of all of this is pretty much the doc gives Butcher 12 to 18 months to live, right? So because of the effects of taking the V all the time and everything, the temporary V. So he he's pretty much given that, and he cracks me up again as he's just like. You know, lights up a cigarette and is like, "Well, I guess if that's all I got, you can get the, you can just fuck off." Then that's pretty much it. Because you just told me I'm gonna die, dude. Uh, mo mother's milk comes clean to his daughter, pretty much saying, "Hey, this is the family business. This is what I do. You shouldn't be ashamed of it." Your grandfather wanted revenge on Soldier Boy, and this is kind of what I'm doing. So he's kind of got that done. Uh, Maeve survives, 
but powerless now after the effects of the soldier boy went nuclear again and kind of depowered her. So she kind of gets to live off with one eye now, goes off with her girlfriend and is like just off into the sunset. And do you think that's the last we're going to see of Maeve? I heard something with the producers and the writers that said like this was her exit from the show. Okay. Um, but I think they chose not to kill her on purpose to always have that door open if they of would course. like down the road. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it did sound like this was an official exit for now. Yeah, for now. That's that's the yeah. key, Don. For now. For now. <laughs> Just in case we need her in a couple of seasons. We always gotta leave the door open. Yeah. Of course. Exactly. Well, we don't know how permanent the effects of his blast are. I mean, yeah. we all saw Magneto with that paper clip. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> don't, don't, please don't bring things like that. Up. Um, I also was I saw wondering. The chess piece move. That's it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, do you also think that maybe Homelander got weakened a little bit by the blast from Soldier Boy at Hero Gasm? Because they do show his nose bleeding a couple times during the fight, and he is getting injured a bit more. I don't know. That guy. Upon my rewatch today. Earlier today, I was like, maybe that did happen. I don't know. Hmm. Rick? I think he just got hurt. The only only problem with it is the other two powered people were on 10 feet, so their powers go away anyway. Well, I meant like he took away Maeve's powers completely, and she was permanent V. And then I felt maybe some Homelander's that powered where he just, I don't know, got weakened a little bit. But I think I'm just throwing it out there. The first time we ever saw Homelander actually in a fight. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm Don. I'm kind of is is he's running into you know his evil. Yeah, Don. I'm probably more on your side with this. I I think it's he just finally got finally met his match a little bit. Yeah, I just think he just got his ass whooped a little bit. (laughs) It actually showed. Um, we just we're not used to that. You know, this is the guy that's been invincible. So finally having somebody be as almost as powered as him, and he made a dent, man. Anytime you see blood on Superman or anybody else, you're like, ooh. They, they did something right so i don't think he really depowered him i think it just he just got to him you know okay mm-hmm. or if it's like how arnold said if it bleeds we can kill it there you go <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah which i don't i just they can never kill off homeland until like the last episode in this no. because i can't imagine what the show would be like i mean it was probably he, still be good but he's big, yeah He's yeah. not the big bad of the show he's like the captain of the show <laughs> it's crazy yeah. it's, it's just wild um, that's pretty much what happens. And then Ashley deletes the footage of Maeve being saved and, you know, kind of, so Vaught can't go ahead and chase her, which I thought was an interesting choice too, because she's obviously petrified of Homelander, but she kind of maybe is thinking, ah, this guy is really over the edge. We need to do the right thing by Maeve and at least let her, you know, move on. Yeah. Soldier Boy gets put back on ice. You know, for until he's needed, of course, again. Exactly. That, yeah. Till next time. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna happen again. Um, the deep gets outed by his girlfriend at the end because now she's doing a book. She wrote a book and has a book tour and stuff. And yeah. that, that dude is just—he's another one. Who's just such a piece of shit. It's, it's you know what though? You were really hating on him last week's show, and this week he did do something for once. No, well, Rick, I was just trying to say is I just I didn't like want... he must have heard your call out. <laughs> Don, my, my whole thing was I was just trying to make sure that the deep wasn't going to be made a one note joke as much as it's funny. Of oh yeah, you're the fish fucking guy, and that's about right. it. <laughs> you know, he, he just wanted to see him do something besides the fish fucking. So 
Um, right. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's all I was asking. Or octopus fucker. You know, octopus fucker, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's fucking the, the wild of the sea at all times. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, but then Annie quits, throws away her Starlight uniform, joins the boys officially now, which is cool to see. So I'm curious to see yeah. where, where that goes next season. Um, and then another big thing is Earlier in the episode, Homelander goes and sends Deep on a mission, and he even says, dude, this is going to be treason, but he's going to do it. He goes and drowns the fucking uh, VP, because the senator was running for a VP over there, and then Newman, who was the head of uh, that the agency that they had there to uh, keep the superheroes in check, she's now a VP running with the president, and she's going to get, obviously, there's going to be a soup in office, and... Who the hell knows what that will lead to, you know, going into next season. So that was a, a big thing. And he, it ends, I mean, the, the boys part at least ends with, oh, I know, Butcher seeing this. And is like, you know, that cunt's got to go down. And that's pretty much it. So you know where they're going to be back to their shenanigans again. Um, but the, the, the episode ends with Homelander showing up to a rally. You know, it's a pro-Homelander rally and stuff like that. And there's one person there is a Starlight supporter. He comes down. Someone throws a cup at his son. He flips out and blows someone's fucking face off right there in front of an entire crowd. And there's this awkward pause. And then all of a sudden they start cheering for him. And it's like, you know, it's like, okay, they love me. Yes. yes. I can do, again, whatever the fuck I want. And, again, he's more unhinged. He's, he keeps just going further and further to not being stopped. And just not having anyone, I mean, Stan Edgar is somewhere to hopefully come back and try to get this guy back in check. He's in Mandalore. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's dealing, exactly. facing his crimes. Trying over to get there. that Darksaber back. That's right. <laughs> so, um, overall, I guess, Don, I mean, I know you had mentioned a little bit earlier. So, do you feel this is the strongest uh, season of The Boys so far? Man, that's so hard. Um, probably. I mean, but it's really hard to say just because. This show, I feel, just continues to outdo itself. Um, each season has been phenomenal. So this one was just really unique. I felt like they just kind of pushed everything a little bit further. Um, you know, I liked seeing, like, the Temp V and just kind of little things that they added. I thought Soldier Boy was an amazing addition. Like, I just felt like they kind of just took everything one more notch up this season. So mm-hmm. um, I'd have to go back. Like I said, I really want to watch that finale again. Um you know, but I, I think it probably is the strongest one out of all of them. I mean, each season has its has its big beats, but um, this one here was so solid. Like every single episode, there wasn't like a filler one in here. Okay, Rick, what do you think? Uh, you know, I, I got to agree. I, I'm all over the place with that answer, but uh, I think for me, I'm all right. I love Sons of Anarchy. I don't think they made a bad season. I also hate ranking the seasons. And I feel like with the boys, like I hate ranking the seasons because I'd be Eddie. You know me. I'm a I'm a victim of the moment. Yeah. So like right now, I'm like, oh, third season is the greatest. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll start watching some from the first, and you know, I'll I'll switch up. So um, I hate ranking them. I'd like to say that they're all they just keep leveling yeah. up. Um, I don't know if that makes them better. Oh, but are you are you are you a member of the Flash? and keeps me coming back. You know, and I think that, uh, you know, as you know, the uh, urethra scene, it was very difficult for me. It was, <laughs> it was difficult for a lot of people because, I mean, you're yep. like, dude, 
That was my Ow. that was almost my Negan scene when Negan smashed heads and like thirty percent of the Walking Dead fans just walked away. Like that was almost <laughs> my Negan scene. Uh, and luckily, I stuck with it because I, I loved the way it opened and it was an amazing season. So I I like the show so much. I hate to rank them. Yeah, I I love every all three seasons. Genuinely mm-hmm. do. I agree. They're super strong. You could you couldn't go wrong with saying any one of them was your favorite season. But I think there are certain aspects of this season where, and very much for the finale is why I feel this is their strongest season. Because I feel like, you know, as much as shock was there, and I'm not saying it was just shock before, it's just that the shock is kind of over in some ways of, like, bloody and gore and, ooh, evil superhero, you know, asshole superheroes and things like that. And I felt this season had the most heart to it out of all the seasons. The father, family, tie, you know, story and with a lot of people between Huey finding discovering after his father's dead that he really revered him and he was just trying to be a dad to him and stuff like that, even though his heart was broken and going through the toughest time of his life. Homelander, who you should have zero sympathy for at any given point in time, even Rick was mentioning it, almost made you feel like you might have a little bit of sympathy for him, but then you're like, nah, he's a dick, so... Whatever, he, we were still not going to do that. Uh, the introduction of Soldier Boy, like Don, you brought up, was such a strong addition and payback in general. Uh, we got to see more about Noir and his whole thing, besides just being the quiet, silent guy that randomly appears and disappears that Homelander loves. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think it is, but you're right. I might be a prisoner. Maybe it's because it's the season. <laughs> Who the hell knows? But such a, such a strong season. So if you haven't seen The Boys yet, I don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> Definitely go back and go on Amazon Prime Video. Check that out and watch the shit out of that show because season four will be here before you know it. And the first three seasons are fantastic. And it's not a uh, hard watch. It's only eight episodes each season. So it kind of it keeps it moving. And they also drop the first three like the first night all the time. So, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty easy Hell to yeah. get through. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and, and shift gears to the MCU. Totally shift tone. From the boys, the boys, the insanity that's going on there to the MCU's feel-good high school coming-of-age story of of Miss Marvel here. And speaking of coming-of-age story, (laughs) Tim Tabala's here. Kamala Tabala's husband. Kamala Tabala. (laughs) We can't hear you. You Hear me now? Hello, testing, testing. Yoka. Yo. What's up, guys? What's going, going down? Same shit, brother. Same shit. <laughs> so, yeah, we did you did you close? Did you have a, you know, a, what the hell is it? Earmuffs while we were talking about the boys. Tim is yeah, way behind. I'm behind, but yeah, I, I I didn't listen, so I'm good. I'm good to go. Excellent, excellent. But we're I'll really. Get, I'll, I'll get I'll get done sooner or later. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I just dude, it's so up your alley. It's, it's I, I have to finish before Andor drops, so that's the end of that. I won't watch it again because that's every time I go I, every, every time I go to watch it, something else pops up. I'm like, well, I gotta watch that now. So Golden I'll Age get, of TV, man. Or yeah, streaming or whatever. <laughs> uh yeah, so we're totally shifting gears to this more and, and the <laughs> and uh it's true actually because you can't just get there's so much good stuff that you can't get through mm-hmm. all of them. Um so but yeah, so we're shifting gears totally from the boys and exploding penises and everything. To the feel-good uh, coming-of-age story that is Miss Marvel. Um, I mean, Tim, you're you're the guy who's jumping in right now. Uh, what did you think of the finale? Your overall thoughts on the episode? 
Yeah, it was decent. It was a good. It was a good episode. Um, way better than the last one. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. Again, it's it's really labeled like a kid show, I guess. You know, we watch it really because it's MCU, and you know something's gonna pop up, which obviously it did at the end of something related to the actual MCU. But I mean, I definitely had to feel that it was for, it was for more teenagers and kids and stuff. But yeah, and it was it was enjoyable. Like you said, it was a feel good little little show you you know you rooted for kamala and and it was pretty cool i liked it i like how the you know the whole family knows who she is and supports her and you know i thought that was pretty cool uh but no i enjoyed it no more dumb family members that don't know the <laughs> kid is speaking out the window and fighting crime yeah. at night and, the, and the fact that the mother you know got out of the costume and everything it, you know yeah it's good it was and it, the father gives sense. her a name yeah, and the father yes. gave it. Yeah, yeah, that I was love cool. that. That was cool. Very, very cool. It was sweet. Yeah. Oh, uh, Rick, what are you? What were your thoughts on the finale? I know you just watched it earlier today, actually. Right, and uh, this is actually the first time I talk about this show like on air because mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer: if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> wow. So you don't like uh, the first five episodes? But, but upon the finale, my view has changed on the show a lot. Uh, first and foremost, I want to give thanks and praise to Netflix for giving us the Daredevil series before uh, Disney ever put their fingers on it. Uh, that, that's one thing is I love that the Punisher already exists. I love that the first couple of seasons of Daredevil already exist. And uh, Mickey Mouse didn't make them, and they're the gritty versions because... Uh, I think this is what the shows are going to look like, like this, like WandaVision, just a bit lighter. Um, however, I really enjoyed the mood of this show. I just had to, like, get over that, you know, it was made for younger people. Like, it's a it's a, it's a, a younger demographic they were aiming at because they still made a quality product. Like, it was watchable. The, um, the visuals were really nice. The colors were cool. The music was fun. I didn't know any of it. Um, the little history they added in there was, I didn't know anything about that. Like, uh, it had a lot of elements. Um, even the character, I don't know super well for a guy that owns a couple thousand comic books. I never read one of hers. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this is all new to me. Um, and I didn't love it the first couple of episodes, but as you saw with WandaVision, uh, you know, when, when they wrap up the story and I go back and watch it again, my opinion will change. And in this situation, it did. I, I really enjoyed it. I found it a lot of fun. Um, I liked how street level it was. Um, and I can suspend my belief. We're watching a superhero show. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Don, what were your th- overall thoughts on the finale? Uh, finale was excellent. Um, really dug the show overall. Uh, I know it's it, it's funny because I think it's the most, uh, I guess, from adult males. <laughs> it's the one that gets knocked the most. Um, but it's also, it's funny because it's the highest rated thing in the MCU uh, mm-hmm. from the Rotten Tomatoes perspective at 98%. So it is the, it's the highest rated thing that the MCU's done, mm-hmm. um, which is really outstanding. Um, you know, the, the show definitely has its highs and lows. Um, I'm, I hate this six episode bullshit. Um, it just, you know, episode five was junk. And then episode six just blazed to the ending. And then we were like, oh, okay, we're done. And uh, there was definitely more growth that could have happened in this show. uh, If it would have breathed over a couple more episodes, like just go to eight. I don't know why eight stopped (laughs) kind of being a thing. And we're all trying to cram everything into six these days. Uh, But it was too much. Uh, It was way too much. Because again, they're not even our episodes. We're talking like 
35 minutes after before credits you know mm-hmm. um so that's pretty short man for for only six episodes but uh overall i thought it was a it was a pretty fun series uh my daughter is eight and um she absolutely loves this show and wants to be you know miss marvel for halloween and you know and nice. is just super into it and really dug the finale last night and especially the post credit stinger that she went i gotta wait a year to find out what happens next <laughs> <laughs> um because she's also a big captain marvel fan so seeing that kind of all come full circle was a big moment for her mm-hmm. um but um you know like it definitely paid off though the finale was was awesome i think overall the episodes all hit for me except for five um but um yeah i i enjoyed it man i i think people uh are expecting too much out of different shows this was definitely more of like in the spider-man vibe you know it was just a little bit more high school laid back funny I uh, love the way it was directed. I love the the way that the choreography was. I love just the little nuances that they did of like the texting and then it's up on the street lights or it's in the street, like on the ground, you know, like just little touches like that would made it very unique and stand out uh, like the music as well, too, and stuff like that, that just made it sound so different and look so different than anything else we had seen in the MCU. So uh, and I got to give it to Aman Vellani, who plays Miss Marvel, because she was just so good in this role for being a newcomer, first project in Hollywood, uh, a big super fan herself. If you look back at her history, like mm-hmm. she cosplayed as Miss Marvel and always wanted to be this character and for it to come full circle. She's a big MCU nerd. Like I've seen her do quizzes and tests on the MCU and she just kills it. And and she's just so natural and just so charismatic in this role that you end up really pulling for her. And I think that's that's what makes the show, you know, with the family aspects and everything else that makes it really click. Don, I can't wait to see her and America on screen together. They can make that yeah. happen. Did yeah, her and America Savas would be Young a Avengers cool. come. Yeah, come no, you're right. Uh, no, Don, you honestly, you said you pretty much took a lot of the words out of my mouth. That was well said. Uh, no, she is, as much as I enjoy the entire cast of the show, because I really do like everyone who's on it, she is essentially, to quote Reggie Jackson over there, like the, stir, the straw that stirs the drink, right? Like she just brings it all to life. And yeah, it, it is astonishing that this is our first role, like yeah. our first Hollywood role here, and she just crushes it and owns every scene that she's in. Uh, and it's it's just it, she's tremendous. And then yeah. seeing her on the late Tim posted in the Granny's uh, PhD Facebook group, she was on Jimmy Fallon and stuff. And you just see like she pretty much is Kamala Khan in real life. Yeah, and you're like <laughs> how could you not cheer for and stuff? Um, yeah, how can you not pull for? Yeah, no, and. The way I described it recently was the visual aspect of it that you talked about, like the texting on the walls and stuff, mm-hmm. is very much kind of like Spider-Man Homecoming vibe to it, coming of age yeah. story, meets like Scott Pilgrim yeah, versus the world, like just visually a little bit. Not exactly, not, it's not like ripping it off or anything, it's just, you know, it kind of reminds you of that a little bit. And I think that works for what this is supposed to, what this is supposed to be. You know, I even miss Marvel, Kamala Khan origin story and her, her whole introduction. Um, but the big things that we get to see in the finale itself, though, is Cameron's on the run from damage control. And, you know, he's with Bruno. And then Tim had mentioned Kamala goes in and, and tells her parents and her whole family. I think it's hilarious that they already know and they're acting like, oh, yes. Oh, my God. We never knew this. And it was like, nah, she went ahead and told everybody. And, that's pretty much how it goes in here. So just keep it moving on. And her mom makes her costume. So she gets her, you know, fairly comics accurate costume that's there. So it has a lot of meaning to it. Uh, 
But then they go ahead and uh, Cameron and Bruno are in on the run and they go to hide in a mosque that's there. And I think that the, the, the skies that they're given to get out of there was, <laughs> Tim, that was hilarious. They give them the baseball caps. I was the, like, the, that's the, the Marvel, MCU disguise. Yeah, the MCU disguise, baseball caps. That's it. <laughs> Tim, no one can ever know who you are if you have a baseball cap on. I didn't, know, I, I didn't know the three of you who you were because you all have caps on. I had no idea. <laughs> That's we look like us going to a baseball game. I didn't know. <laughs> That's why I saw your names at the bottom. I didn't know it was you guys, so I'm glad. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I wear a cap on the show, I believe, so it can be a totally different personality. Um, yeah, I thought that was actually really funny. Um, but then Kamala goes ahead and gets Cameron smuggled out of the country, essentially, and gets away from damage pole control by and essentially sending him with the red daggers. Who are supposed to be like his mortal enemy, and so he gets out of town, and you know, by the end of the episode, with that. Um, but there's a whole thing in the high school where they go. That's where the big battle go. You know, battle t- takes place because it's pretty <laughs> much a, a ruse and a high school kid's plan to go ahead and distract damage control, but it totally gets squashed pretty quickly uh, because it's a ridiculous plan. And that's I like the fact that it was holes were poked through it immediately. Dude, Bruno um, got punched in the face. Yes, but I'm how I'm, I'm, I was like, holy, she just punched a kid in the face. <laughs> but Tim, how funny was that though? I literally I watched it twice and I've laughed out loud both times legitimately when he just starts playing the music and he's like, Man, look, you want to see these moves? Come on, check me out. And then the guy just punches him in the face. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like one of my favorite scenes of the entire episode. Um, but Rick, what about the softballs? The softballs that were being used to distract them. What the so hell was, was that? I was like, that's got to really hurt. And they, <laughs> yes. they had him charged up and they were actually hitting him. That's mm-hmm. got to really hurt. That yeah. was a ni- nice little setup they had him going throughout the school, though. Yeah, it was home alone-ish and everything like that. Yeah, just going ahead. And it's, it's, again, just a distraction. It wasn't meant to literally actually stop them because you knew it wasn't going to happen. Government trained agents. That's crap. I gotta, I gotta ask though, because I'm curious for some opinions because I haven't had a chance to really talk about this show yet. But um, one thing that drove me nuts was damage control itself, right? Uh I was was just gonna ask that. (laughs) Like how? Like when? Since when is damage control like Shield 2.0? Right. I was just gonna ask the same thing. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, because it drove me nuts. Because I'm like, damage control is just the company that cleans up the mess that the superheroes make. That's it. Mm -hmm. They don't have weapons. They're not trying to get enhanced. I mean, this wasn't like the Sokovia Accords division of of damage control. Like, I just didn't understand what they were pushing for with this. Like, I like that it was damage control. I like that we were connecting pieces. It was the same guy from Spider Man No Way Home. That there was some connections, but. I was like, since when are they shield? Like, like so that, that was driving me nuts. So I'm glad Tim, we were on the same wavelength there. Like, because I'm just like, every episode, I'm like, what is going on with damage control? Can I yeah, go they- to the realm on this a little bit? Oh well, shit! Here we go. <laughs> I think <laughs> welcome to the realm. So I think that the damage control has to do with uh, the big reveal at the end in the post the. DNA thing. Okay. I'm going to be honest, I didn't see that one coming. But I think that now that we found out that Kamala Khan is the first mutant. Okay, so how many? I got to ask you guys. Did you catch it immediately? Immediately. Yes. Yeah. Immediately. Okay. Immediately. Okay. All right, good. 
just want to make so, sure maybe it went over someone's head quickly. Like, it's wait, like a mutation. The Mutant Registration Act and all of that. I think it's going to graduate to something like that, which will graduate to Professor X taking these powered children. Okay. It was the so pause. That's just, it was, that's it was just my whole pause. Like, gave it away. Well, I'm sorry. What was that? The pause? A, Bruno's pause. Maybe it's a mutation. Like <laughs> <laughs> that, that was for the kids who may not know. The rest of them was like, right. okay, we got it. <laughs> What are we supposed uh, to be? Some kind of Suicide Squad? Yes. <laughs> exactly. I, I, every time I hear, I think of Peter Griffin going, "Aha! He said it. He, he said, said it." it. He said <laughs> well, I think back of uh, what the hell was it? Once upon a time in Hollywood, the, the fucking uh, gift that's oh, Leo. Uh, yeah. Yep, that's it. He said the word. He did the thing. He did the thing. He did the thing. <laughs> um, Rick, that's actually a pretty interesting thing. So I, I guess this is follow up Don's point, though. I guess. Damage control has, I guess, become a government agency that maybe part of them does clean up and does a sanitation thing, and the other part tracks down powered people. It looks like, yeah, possibly. But there's probably a certain way they need to go about it. That's why the guy from Spider Man was like, "Yo, stand down! Like, we're not trying to do this all publicly." And mm-hmm. then that chick was like, "Oh hell no! I'm just gonna do whatever I want to do." She and called then, him yeah. more people. <laughs> yeah, she called him more. We need backup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I've heard that rumor though, like like that that could spin off into its own kind of X Men y kind of thing, even like the drones, you know, kind of early versions of Sentinels or something that they could kind of start down that path. So it could be, um, you know, I could definitely see that lady obviously being burnt by being fired by the damage control. So she's going to start her own little uh, <laughs> ragtag group to find uh, enhanced individuals. <laughs> Um, and I thought I saw an article pop up. I think it was from Variety or it was Deadline Hollywood that the creator in the comics of Kamala Khan came out and actually said in the comics she was originally supposed right. to be written in as a mutant. So Kevin Feige was just kind of like, "All right, we're gonna go that yeah. route." And I'm sure it also doesn't hurt to pretend in mutants didn't and uh, humans didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we fucked up. Sorry. Right. Well, pushing that inside. It looked just like the Terrigen Mist. Last yes, that's episode. what I was gonna say. Though every time they it, crystallized, I'm like, yeah. mm. I kept sure waiting for it to still be in human that show. TV show. But uh... I, I did. I I, I did see every episode, <laughs> and it, it was the task. I'm telling you right now. I saw the Don, first two episodes. The first two episodes IMAX. they played in IMAX, and I went to IMAX and watched. I'm not it. the only asshole that did it. Yeah. Yes, oh, I was there. I was there. I was like, this is gonna be great. <laughs> And we found that not so much. It was what it was. They, Black Bolt's part of the MCU, man. Exactly. They did exactly. acknowledge that <laughs> it wasn't a mistake that they, you know, they went and cast the same actor to come back and, and do it. So they're acknowledging it and not acknowledging it. Yeah. Lockjaw was pretty bad. Lockjaw's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish we did get a little bit more. Um, but so pretty much, uh, you know, throughout that happens, and then Kamala ends up fighting against damage control and then she really does the thing she goes out and powers up she's got the big hands and the big fist extended and she's kicking some ass over there and i thought it was cool that she's kicking ass but then checking on them afterwards mm-hmm. you guys all yeah. right i didn't hurt you okay all right fine as long as i you stay back but then then we're good so i thought that was cool and we've never seen any heroes really do anything like that this, this one's a teenager so i thought that was another pretty pretty cool little tidbit right there um and then, Tim, I want to ask you, I thought of you right away, because at, during that scene, there's a police barricade, and there are people behind it watching it. 
did it piss you off again? Or did you be like, oh, there's not a hundred people over there. So it's the, it's the community. Well, so. It was the community. It was the community defending their superhero. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't as bad. Plus, everything was taking place in a school. It wasn't like there was a fucking three hundred foot sand monster, and people were like I have to go down there and watch this. You know, it's that's that the, the Spider Man shit was ridiculous. You know how I hate the barrier people, but no, it made more sense. For that's why when I see it, I think of you immediately. Yeah, no, it made it made more sense because they said it was the community. Plus, the family knows Kamal, so they're definitely going to be down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it, it wasn't as bad as fucking Spider Two, all the three Spider Man movie with the, with the barriers. Never had the barriers. All the mo- any movie with a barrier is fucking stupid. So, but yeah, uh, no, it didn't really bother me that much. But let me ask you a question though: If she's a mutant now, mm-hmm. does the bangle bring her powers out and enhance them, or is it really just a fucking, you know? Nothing now. Does it really mean anything anymore? I, I don't know the character. That's why I'm asking. Well, the whole thing with the bangle, the way Bruno explained it, and I think it's important with these things to follow the MCU version of it because this is, you know, the comics are the comics and the MCU is the MCU, yeah. so they're two different And she's totally universes. different than the comics. Totally different. Completely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, the way Bruno has explained it is that's why the bangle reacts to you and not anyone else in your family. Is okay. due to your your genes being you know mutated <laughs> and stuff. So that's where the connection is. That's why like her you know her grandmother didn't she didn't actually do that whole thing, you know like her great grandmother obviously you know reacted, but her grandmother remember the story for a long time was her grandmother followed yeah. the trail of of uh, stars and stuff like that, but really it was Kamala that was there for it. So that's why she didn't it didn't react when she had it and possessed it all those years. So that's at least my understanding of it, the way Bruno explained it right there. Yeah, because her power, they were a little, they're a little weird. They are. Like what her powers are exactly, we don't know. She just makes light things. Yeah, but she, but we also <laughs> saw she can, like, essentially Hulk up and have huge hands and start beating the crap out of people and can get super strong. So I thought that was that it's was little, pretty. It's useful. a little Green Lanterny, but I'll I'll, I'll yeah, let it's it go. Very Green Lanterny. I'll, I'll accept it. <laughs> I'll accept that it was. Fine. I'll accept. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll so allow the, it. <laughs> I'll allow it. Um, but the fallout here is, you know, we see a whole TikTok thing where everyone is loving her and praising her and stuff, and even um, the popular girl in school has come around and helped them out, and it's like, you know, she saved my life, and she, she's on like Team Kamala now, essentially, where they're cool now, and that scene where Kamala's looking at herself in a mirror in her bedroom, just looking super confident now, like. Yeah, this is me. I'm I'm a fucking hero now. Like I, I've done it. She's living her ultimate dream. Like I just, I'm, that's just lots to think about. Like she's mm-hmm. going to Avenger Con, and we all go to these cons and things like that. It's like, dude, she becomes a fucking superhero. So she's like, you know, this is the coolest thing ever. And then her and her dad talk outside in the house and explains to her that, in a way, her name, you know, is Marvel. Essentially, mm-hmm. means Marvel, like Wonder. Magical wonder. and yeah, Kamala wonder. means wonder. And she's like, Well, wait a second. I love the line where she's like, Oh, wait a second. I share a name with Carol Danvers. And her <laughs> yeah. father's like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like blown away by it. Um, and then she does the thing again where she goes and sits on the street light, the, the street lamp that's there facing New York City, which I thought was a really cool shot. You knew they were gonna get in there, it was on the posters and everything else. Um, so Bruno's going off to Caltech. The mosque is getting updated and you know, all those things that they were keeping broken down for the women's area in the back are getting cleaned up. Uh, Cameron's with the red daggers. Yeah, and then we talk about Bruno <clears throat> dropping the X-bomb the X essentially there. 
which I thought was really cool. But then the post credit scene takes it to a whole nother level where she's laying in her room. Her bangle activates a different color, I kind of noticed. And mm. she gets thrown into like a warp zone and spits out Carol Danvers, who's there, who's freaking out because she's looking around and all these posters of herself. Like, mm. what the fuck is going on here? Um, and that's where we that's where we leave off. And of course, Miss Marvel will return in the Marvels next year, as, as Donna had pointed out. So we got to wait a little while to see. I got to wait a whole year. <laughs> a whole year. A whole um, year. Exactly. All right. So Carol Danvers, though, what is – she looked a little weird in the she scene. She looked a little weird. She looked a little odd. I'm not – all right. So I, I know online it's been a thing and stuff like that. Like Brie Larson is like a toothpick in this. Okay, yeah. I didn't know if I because I had to go back and look up who that I was like I know the outfit. Yeah, I was like she doesn't look like herself. Like I was like, no. is this an alternate or no? Well, right. was a, I thought I was freaking out. It was a couple different things because one, yes, like she's like super into fitness all of a sudden, and she has yeah. like she's shredded like. But she's mm -hmm. thin now. Like, she's super toothpick thin, but, like, with abs and, like, she's super cut. But yeah. so, like, that was the first thing that looked a lot different, right? Like, she's so thin now. And then secondly was the outfit because her Captain Marvel outfit was, like, almost like a – it was like a track suit. Like, it was almost – it was just very, like – it was, like, yoga pants <laughs> and, like mm – -hmm. and then, like, a, a long sleeve kind of top that just happened to have the logo on it. Um, yeah. So, I don't know what that suit was. Maybe we'll get more answers, but – uh Hopefully she's got more suits in the upcoming movie because I did not like this. This was very like I'm about to go to bed, but I still keep my my using my jammy uh, superhero outfit on. I sleep in. Um, but I mean it was cool as hell to see her because you expected it. I mean, from day one, I was like, Captain Marvel's gotta show up, right? Because there had to have been a connection knowing this was going into that movie. Uh something would have had to tie it together, whether it was her or Monica Rambo coming back and, and doing something. So had to be somebody. It was cool to see that it was Carol. Um, an interesting uh, thing now. So now I'm assuming that Miss Marvel's in space somewhere and they totally just flipped spots and she has to go, you know, figure out, like, how do I get back there? And uh, why did the Bengal do that? I feel like there's some sort of Ten Rings connection. I feel like there's something tying this, with... This the beacon <laughs> that was in the t in the Ten Rings, uh, because that was sending out a pulse symbol, and that uh -huh. after credit scene that Captain Marvel was involved in, and that there's something pinging it, and maybe that they found out a way to, you know, lock onto that ping, and 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 it flips flipped them spaces. I don't know, um, but it's very interesting because I do feel like the technology that bangle really makes me feel like it's it's has something to do with the Ten Rings, that like that's going to all be connected at some point. Um, a lot of big speculation just sucks a year though like that's a big gap to leave a thread dangling like this of just like oh we'll get we'll pick this up in literally a full year because that movie doesn't come out to july of 2023 so but very cool post credit no it was it was really cool and i i kind of envisioned i figured carol was going to show up and i had said last week that i thought it was going to be more she was actually going to come face to face with kamala and kamala yeah. was going to like lose her shit and then it was going to yeah. go to black and end it <laughs> So not exactly the same. Um, but yeah, that, I agree with you, Don. I, that, there, I do think there's some sort of a connection with the Ten Rings and the Beacon and you know Captain Marvel being there. It can't be a coincidence that we're getting this. And we'll talk a little bit later after we talk about Thor, but the connectivity is, the lack of connectivity has probably yes. been some of the issue that 
some fans are having trouble with. So we may have started to see finally a little bit some connective tissue here for phase four going on. Um, yeah, I mean, Feige, Feige said about a month ago, like you guys will start seeing some of the bigger picture here soon that some um, ties you'll will be a little bit more noticeable. So I'm hoping that that's kind of what we're picking up on here is that we're kind of starting to turn that corner. Um, <clears throat> and I, I Don, before I, I want to ask Tim a question too is, uh, but Don, do you also think as we've speculated on this show, and I'm pretty sure I've talked about it with Tim and, and Rick already though, we all on pretty much the train that we think this is all leading to secret wars eventually. Yeah. And that'll be the next big Avengers secret wars one and two, whatever the hell they'll call it. Are you also of that belief as well? Oh yeah, totally. Multiversal war battle yeah. insanity. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be, it's gotta be, I'm going to be sad if it's not. <laughs> yeah, you're sure. kind of hyping us up now. I mean, we kind of have to have it, right? Um, so. <clears throat> Rick, I guess, Another thing is, so we talked about the X-Men being alluded to in this episode here. Um, and then we saw it also, the X-Men music pop up in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness too. So it almost feels like Kevin Feige is, you know, essentially <laughs> teasing us over here with the tip over here. Like, hey, you know, the X-Men, the X-Men, the X-Men. Um, do you think it means that they're coming sooner or do you think they're, they're fucking around with us? I think uh, whatever Deadpool's in first, there's going to be more X Men in that. Okay. I think I think it, I think it, we might have to wait a little bit for this multiverse thing to really, you know, Secret Wars thing. But yeah, I definitely I think that uh, it's going to happen, and I just want to see the new Wolverine. That's okay. Just like everybody else, like sure, fine. Like I'm interested in the whole team. Like, come on, though. I'm from the 80s. Like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tim, what are, your, what are your thoughts on any of the stuff on the bangle being connected maybe to the Ten Rings or, you know, I, I think we're getting that, X-Men. Some... That didn't even cross my mind, so thank you for, for, <laughs> for putting that out there. I didn't even think of that. Um, that's actually a pretty cool – yeah, it's pretty cool. I never even thought of it. Uh, I only saw Shang-Chi once. That's why I, I kind of – it's in the background. Bruh. Uh, but no, that makes that makes a hell of a lot of sense. Um, th- th- I mean, while the post credit scene was cool, you know me, I don't like Captain Marvel. I mm-hmm. don't like Brie Larson. Uh, so I was like, all right. But like you say, she did look like she had a bed. Her hair was all disheveled too. Maybe those yeah. are her pajamas, Don. I think you're right. pajamas. I think she was sleeping in bed with her hair all disheveled. Then she got zapped out of bed in her pajamas, and that was that. Um, but yeah, I don't like the character, so... I'm looking forward to the movie, but only because of Kamala now. <laughs> so, but uh, that's a great connection. I never even thought of that. And the whole, the, well, the whole X Men thing is really what I'm more excited about than anything else. Because, like I said, there it is. The mutant. There it is. It's official. It's we now know that there, we know that there's a mutant in, in the MCU. I, I'm only curious to see how they're going to like. Uh, is it like because of the snap? Worlds collided and. Because you know how was Wolverine? Because if the snap just started because of the, the I mean, if the mutation started just because of the the, the snap. Wolverine. I always be, felt know, like the snap could have been perfect. That the snap could have been a perfect explanation, right? Like people got dusted, and when they came back, you know, that somehow the genealogy like got just got mixed up, and then there was mutations in people that came back from the snap and stuff like that. I mean, there's, there's an easy way for them to kind of play it into it to kind of explain why it's never happened before, you yeah, know, on Earth. That's what I'm most curious about. How they're going to pull that off? 
Um, I mean, like I said, in Marvel, we trust. So I'm, I'm, I have faith, but I'm just really curious and I really want them to get to it. Like there's a couple of projects. I'm like, no, fuck that. Skip that. Well, the X-Men, <laughs> give, me, give me my, give me the X-Men stuff. I don't care about the rest of this crap right now. <laughs> Blade isn't one of those projects though. Hey, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good for Blade. <laughs> I'm saying, I, I think you're really jacked up for Blade. So I like that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Blade. Um, well, um, I, before we come off of this too much, I think the way she fell into the closet, mm-hmm. it looked a lot like the way she fell into the negative zone in the first episode. And that's what I'm wondering if they swapped spots, like Captain Marvel came back into regular world mm-hmm. and she got sent to the negative zone. And I'm wondering if that's what happened when it first activated the first time when we saw the people with the glowing eyes. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. It just with the way she like somersaulted, it just looked like that. I don't yeah, know though, because it really did kind of her. like more of like a I don't know, it was a weird kind of like thready kind of ball that yeah. it just kind of poofed, like into. Whereas when she did the zone thing before she just kind of went backwards and did this kind of full spin kind of circle. Um I don't know, man. I think something totally different happened, but there is a lot of talk about like the negative zone and about like the the bangles that somebody else has that can activate and switch you switch places with the person that um yeah there, there's so much to it that that it's it's gonna be interesting to see that's for damn sure. <laughs> i think we're gonna be speculating for the next year right. yeah yeah because the there. thing is it's supposed to be Cree technology from what i understand that there is something in the comics where there is swapping of places with different elements or different like weapons and stuff like that that can happen. And we know that Captain Marvel has her connections to the Kree as well. So it seems like there could be something there with that. And Kree's have a lot of things within humans and stuff like that. So the connections could be there. Yeah, mm-hmm. before we know. But you're right. We're probably not going to know until, you know, 2023. So hopefully, Comic Con and D23 will give us a little something, something. Dude, I think Comic Con in a couple of weeks, they're going to drop the phase five announcements. I think that's what we're getting. Because, you know, four is essentially there's one more movie in, in four and a TV show, and that's it. We got She Hulk and we got Black Panther, and then that's a wrap. So they got to start announcing things. So I think the Marvels is the only product, the Marvels and Blade are the only, and, and Fantastic Four, but like those are still, you know, a times away. So there's nothing announced after that. And then, oh, Ant Man, but these are all within the next year or so. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think we're going to get some Phase 5 stuff going on in, in Comic-Con. Um, what if? There's got to be some major ripples from the second season of What If. Yeah, that, that's also possible. That's also possible. Um, all right, let's get on and move it on to our movie of the week. Thor, Love, and Thunder. Who would have thought to be one of the most apparently divisive films in the MCU? <laughs> I mean, let's... Let's let's jump jump into it. Tim and I saw it again on on, on IMAX on Sunday with with his son Jax. So the fact that we saw it again probably tells you a little bit of what we think of the movie. Um, Rick, what get us started with your overall thoughts of, of Love and Thunder? I really enjoyed it. Um, I first watched the first uh, showing, so I didn't have anybody else's uh, input. So I was a- I was able to leave the theater with my own you know two cents on it. Um, it was a lot of fun. The music was good. The scenes were cool. It had a lot of my favorite people in it. 
Um, it's a character-driven movie. I love Chris Hemsworth as Thor. So, you know, like, I, I'm going to enjoy it. You know, are, were there holes? Yeah. Were there things they didn't do right? Yeah. But it gave me what I was there for. Okay. I know. Now Helen's giving you what you said. Don, for, for, <laughs> for some who may have not who may have not tuned into Am I on the Air yet, and please do check out their you know his spoiler review as well. But you know, now you're on give the grannies uh group yeah. there what your overall thoughts. I loved it. I loved it. Um so yeah, definitely uh no divisiveness here. Um, I Thor is probably my favorite MCU character right now, uh, and, and has been for a while. Um, so I've been. This was my number one most anticipated movie of the year. I was waiting for this film, uh, and yes, I've seen it twice now as well. I uh, saw it in IMAX myself the first time, and then went again over the weekend and uh, saw it the second time. Took my daughter, um, and I love it, man. I love it. Like you know, like it's just. What I think the thing is with this, and most of the people that are bitching are just saying like, oh, they try to be too funny. They try to be too silly. And I love that stuff. So, you know, sue me. Like, I want to laugh. My two favorite genres are comedies and action. And that's exactly what this is, is an action comedy. And that's the perfect mix for me. So I had great characters. I had laughs. I had great moments. I had heart. I had everything that they wanted to give it. Um, when the story needed to be serious, it was serious. When it needed to be light, it was light. And it's just a fun ass adventure. And I, I really, really dug it. And I'll probably go see it a third time this weekend. So, uh, I'm a big fan of this one. Nice. Uh, Tim, your overall thoughts on the film? Yep. Same exact thing. Don, I said the same exact thing this week. I said, Thor is my favorite MCU. <laughs> I hated Thor, the comics and the cartoon. Cause he does, you know, yeah. me talk like this. Yes. <laughs> I thought he was a stupid character. I love what the MCU's done with him. And he is one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, I look, I saw the first trailer. I knew exactly what this was going in. It was going to be Ragnarok on steroids, probably. <laughs> they're they're, they're going to they're gonna step it up, the comedy. They're going to step it up. Um, the visual of, you know, Taika Waititi is a lunatic. And this shows how good he is at, at, at these movies. Uh, yeah, is that exactly? It had a great villain who, again, I, my only problem, we'll get to that when you talk about gore. But uh I don't like villains that redeem themselves at the end. I like I like just villains, nasty villains. But in this story, it makes a little more sense on why he redeemed himself at the end. Um, but Christian Bale was fantastic. I told Eddie too. I said he's creepy as shit in this movie, and it's a that's a good thing. Um, yeah, and like you said, the comedy was there. It was a good way for Jane's story to end, supposedly. Um, no, I love it. I love the comedy. I loved all that stuff. Yeah, I also really enjoyed the film. I thought it was like you guys have said, it was a blast. I was smiling the whole time. You kind of knew what you were getting. Uh, if you're someone who didn't like Thor Ragnarok, then I can see, yes, Bear, we're talking to you. Um, <laughs> you're not going to like this. But I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. It was a lot of fun. It was kick-ass action when it needed to be. Um, I love Christian Bale. He's already my favorite actor. So seeing him as the villain was fantastic again. Um, I thought the Thor-Jane relationship was the strongest it's ever been by far. And I mm. thought they did a great way to redeem that. And like Tim had said, to kind of give her her character, bring her back and give her a nice way to wrap her up because <clears throat> she's kind of been settled off screen up until now. She's been written out of for a few movies. 
not counting the you know little blip in Endgame that we saw her in the past and everything like that. That doesn't really count. But you know, she's kind of been written away off screen. Oh, they broke up and moved on, and that's it. But th- yeah, this it was great to see them together again. Um, and I think maybe the only slight drawback that I would say, but it wasn't totally unexpected, is the Guardians needed to be in this film for the sake of the overall MCU. But for this story, no, not really. But you have to address what happened. They did go off after Endgame. Right. You had to do it. So they were there for what they needed to be, and that's fine. But I know there were some people crying about, oh, you know, the Guardians got, you know, pushed it aside. They were there what they were supposed to be, and that's it. The relationship soured. They moved on and went their separate ways, and that's, that's about it. Because you can kind of tell Thor looked like he was done with them. They were done with him. That was that breakup needed to happen. So yeah, there was Thor, Thor wasn't done. The, Thor wasn't you done didn't with think them. So? I thought no, he was being sarcastic no, with them. Like no, he was sad. Like, he was so sad when Star Lord was like, "Let's go our separate ways." He was like, mm. "Like yeah. he, he he was bummed, man, because he because that was the whole thing. He didn't want to be alone. He was trying to keep yeah. himself busy. He was trying to keep himself with people, you know. <laughs> I know, but, but with the team, you know. And then it was until you know Star Lord gave him that whole speech about you know you need to find your way and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I mean, that was one of my only gripes, like, on my spoiler review when we talk about our things we didn't like. I only had two little nitpicks, and one was the Guardians, like, just because I'm a big Guardians fan. And I already knew they weren't going to be in this movie much, right? My whole assumption all along was it's going to be the beginning of the movie, and we're going to kind of go our own separate ways. I just, it still felt underplayed, like, because, like, they're in that opening scene, and they can't even handle that fight. Like, you know, and it's like, oh, we got to get Thor, and then Thor does the whole fight by himself. And then they're just like, cool. And then we're like, oh, there's distress signals. Let's split up. And you take that side, I'll take that side. And I was kind of hoping they'd come back at the end and kind of help out, you know, like and come kind of full circle. And it could have been a nice little like, hey, thanks for the save. And we'll see you down the road kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, they didn't go that way. I did read a thing with Taika where that was talked about at one point. And then they said, oh, well, a lot of movies do that. So we'd want to do something different. And just have it be Thor and Jane at the end, but uh, I I would have taken more. It would have been just nice. Not not that it was needed or we needed much more, but it was a, too much of a tease. They got everybody there, and they just didn't really quite do anything other than a couple quick chuckles. And then my uh, my second thing was just Sif. Man, I was so happy to get Lady Sif back. And same thing, kind of in two scenes, and doesn't really do anything. Um, got her arm cut off, her arms in Valhalla, and <laughs> and uh, but she is not. Um, so yeah, so I just, I was really stoked when I heard she was going to be back in this cause she's also missed the last several films. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, cool, Sif's back. And again, it would have been nice to at least maybe seen that fight with Gore and see her get her arm cut off and all that kind of stuff. It would have been a little bit more for her character. Maybe if we got to actually see that fight before the distress signal. Um, but those were the only two big things that really kind of stood out for me that I was a little bummed about, you know, after I saw it, that kind of stood out. Okay. Um, yeah, no, no, as guardians of the galaxy, uh, <laughs> they, we thought we were gonna get down the line there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess my if I, uh, all right, I guess we, we, we started off, so I guess we'll keep going. I, a nitpick that I would have also is just the idea at the end, like as much as I like the fight with the kids and they all got powered the power of Thor and they got to kick ass, like I like what it resulted in. But when the hell is Thor giving his powers to people temporarily like this? When, yeah. when is that a thing? I was like, you kind of just could have touched on it at some point previously, but it kind of just happens out of nowhere. 
And as Jason would say, hand wave, okay, don't worry about it. We need to get to a cool scene. So let's just get there and whatever, it, it happens. Um, but I don't know. It, very, very small little things there. Otherwise, I enjoyed the shit out of everything. It was a badass teddy bear, though. Yes. Well, yeah, it was. <laughs> it's tr that, that is true. Um, I guess let's start off like we typically do. We'll go by character. So... Some of the, uh, some of the criticism that Taika Latiti gets is that he supposedly makes Thor dumb. Like, he's... I didn't... I'm going to be honest. I didn't get that feeling. That Thor was dumb necessarily in Ragnarok or in Love and Thunder. I think they've made him more comedic. But I also think that the guy's dealt with so much shit recently. And a lot of loss. Like... Dude, this is like Spider-Man level loss at this point because <clears throat> like Marvel loves fucking with with Peter Parker in every way possible. Now it's like, all right, let's fuck with Thor and, and put him through the ringer, and that's what it is. And I kind of feel like it's one of those things, like, you know, unless if you don't smile, you're gonna cry. So that's how much pain that the guy is in at times. And when he needs to know, especially in Love and Thunder, when he needs to get down and know what's what, he knows it. It's not like he doesn't know what the hell's going on. He tells Zeus off. Like, mm -hmm. really, you've lost your way and all this other stuff. So I thought that was that cool. And I don't know. I, I, I enjoy – I think they have a good balance of him being a kick-ass, badass dude and also, like, fun-loving. Uh, Rick, what, what are your thoughts on Thor and Love and Thunder? I love him. Um, I mean, he's a bit silly, yeah. But he's also, like, by far the most tragic figure in the whole Marvel Universe. Like – He's more tragic than Spider-Man only because his family was larger, you know. <laughs> he uh he's a, he's a, it's a great character, it's a tragic character. I I think he's funny. Uh, but I think we always catch him in the middle of ups and downs. You know, Captain America was always out there like fighting for something. I feel like Thor is such a good fighter that he's caught up in his all his free time. You know what I'm saying? Like when we see him fight, his fights are short. He doesn't have to plan too much out, you know? No. <laughs> so he has more time to contemplate and brood on all the terrible shit he's gone through. Um, and, you know, it's it's like, if anything, if you're if you're not going to cry about it, you got to laugh about it. Like, yeah. his character makes a lot of sense to me. Um, he is a badass, though. He, he is, like, my favorite uh, Marvel character. And I don't think it's being a, a victim of the moment, because he's always been since his first movie. So... Um, it's, uh, I think his series has taken more chances than any other series though. Okay. I think they've That's really, fair. uh, jumped around more and taken more chances. And other than the second movie, they've all paid off. That's true. That's true. Um, Tim, do you think Thor was maybe overpowered in this movie? That they made him too strong? Because no. it's a following what Don was saying, like, the Guardians are there. They're struggling with these guys. And he's just like, oh, all right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just... This ends back. here and now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they made him too powerful. I, I don't think they made him too powerful. I think he made the Guardians look kind of weak, though. Okay. I, I really don't think it was... Because, you know, remember, Stormbreaker, I think, is way more powerful than Mjolnir is. So I think it just enhances him. And, you know, he got the lightning. He's... Uh, no, I don't, I don't really think it's over... Although, like you said, giving the powers to, to the kids is a little... Superman throwing the S kind of thing. It's like, really? <laughs> you, have, you, you, you have that now? It's like, like all right. <laughs> like, I get that. You know, it's a weird power to have, but it works for it works for the movie, I thought. It's I power of convenience. Yeah, because yeah. what are all these kids going to do? Just stand there and, and cry? No. Right. 
we had 15 minutes of them crying already. We're, we're done with that. So well, let's 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 do team kids in the cage. Yeah, team kids in the cage. You know, let's do something fun with these kids. And and I thought it was absolutely fine. And yeah, I, I'm still a big fan of him. I I don't no, I he is my favorite MCU character right now because uh, like Rick said, I think he's had the most tragedy. I think he has to be comedic at this point. Who who do we have that's technically comedic? In the MCU, I mean, Iron Man, Man was a—he was a wise ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. You know, he wasn't really funny. He was just a wise ass who who actually came off funny. Yeah, Ant Man. Ant Man's a little silly, but you know, yeah. Ant Man we get every five years. Yeah, we don't get Ant Man a lot. So Thor, Thor has to be the com- and I think it's funny given the the most comedic stuff to the most powerful guy in yeah. the MCU. It gives a lot of you know because again, do you want to see? Me come here to drink beer. No, I don't want to see that bullshit. I'd like to see a cool Thor, like a funny Thor. So I, I like him in this one too. I like where he's going too. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I very much do, especially considering it's his daughter that's playing mm-hmm. it. So Chris Hemsworth himself must be like in his glory that he gets to go ahead and do his franchise now with his daughter as mm-hmm. his co-star. Right. Yeah, that's got to be awesome. And speaking of the whole kids thing, like like blessing the kids with his powers and stuff too, what's crazy is that he's he actually did that with the lightning bolt from Zeus. So that that's what I really found to be odd okay. in that scene because it wasn't like he had Molnir and he was kind of, you know, blessing everybody with the powers of the hammer or anything. Like he was giving them Zeus powers. Like why would he be in control of giving the kids Zeus powers? Because when remember when they were jumping and doing stuff, they had the yellow electricity, right? It wasn't yeah. just blue. So like that's what I just found more funnier was that it, he was actually doing it with Zeus's stuff. Now maybe maybe uh, he just like that a, it was. So maybe he just needs a conduit of some kind, any kind, right, any magic, exactly. any he, magical he conduit just, yeah. will do. He's got the Odin son speak now, I guess. <laughs> he can just bless things, right? Because he did bless the hammer to take care of Jane and stuff. So obviously that's something they were kind of alluding to. Uh, but but it's just a fun scene. I try not to overthink it. You know, like again, my daughter's eight. When I took her to see it, that whole ending scene is her favorite part of the whole movie. You know, mm-hmm. seeing those kids wreck shop, and you know, she's always got a stuffed animal. So when the little girl pulls up the the bunny and is like, ah, with the bunny just shooting electricity everywhere, she connected with it, right? Like so, um, they know what they're doing, and and it was uh, it, it's fun. But it does make you always go back and be like, well, if you could have done that, why didn't he, you know, give. Uh, all the non-powered people in the Avengers, like Hawkeye and yes. Black Widow and everybody else, powers of Thor to go kick That, that ass, was my right? thought, dude. Like, <laughs> could you have done this in the battle against Thanos, maybe? Just maybe you can only bit? do it with Asgardians. Wait, I, I was going to say, those kids are Asgardian, and yeah, so. he is his father's son. Like, he is the king, I guess. Well, he's not the king by name, but... No, he gave the title up of yeah, apparently maybe he just didn't really want to go to board meetings and shit like that. See, I like yes. that. Only as guardian kids. There you go. You just explained Only it right the there. Yep. That's it. Explain it away. Again, it's not ruining anything. It was just something I thought was just a little odd. That's all. <laughs> just just a little nitpick. Um, so I guess let's talk about the other Thor. Let's talk about Jane Foster, the mighty Thor, and it. Uh, Jane um, Fonda. Um we had seen your ex Emma with your ex girl. Um Tim, I, I I love Natalie Portman in this movie. She I think she's solid in what she's been given to do in the MCU so far. But in, in this, she shines like tremendously. She has a tragic arc to follow because obviously we meet her and she immediately gets the diagnosis of the stage four cancer. So she's dealing with that. 
you know, we find out later that I, I didn't think it was important for them to retro kind of like go back and show the relationship with Jane and Thor to reestablish that. So you can kind of feel more for that. Cause I think they were kind of acknowledging like, if we don't do this, then them just jump. None of this doesn't hold as much weight as it did before. Um, but what did, what did you think of, of the mighty of Jane Foster's mighty Thor? Yeah, I, I'm. I first of all, I thought she was. Uh, first of all, I don't know if you guys know that Taiki Waititi asked her to be in his Star Wars movie, not remembering yeah. that she was in three of them already. <laughs> I, I cracked up at that story. That just made me laugh. But no, I loved her in this movie because first of all, she was more loose, more 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 funny, more even though she got a serious problem, dying mm-hmm. of stage four cancer, she was still a little more. Lucy Goosey, as far as the character goes, which I really liked. Um, as far as the Mighty Thor itself, she was great. She was first of all, she was funny. I thought the whole catchphrase thing was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, she could have could have come up with a good one. She kicked major ass, so yeah, that was yeah. good. She looked good doing it too. Yeah. But again, no qualms about it whatsoever. I really liked the character. I did. I liked her ending. I like how it went. I like how she decided. You know what? I'd rather go help Thor than than sit here and you know die of cancer. So she went out and she was the hero. So no, I got no problem whatsoever with this character. I really, really like Natalie Portman. Well, I know you're going to have a soft spot for Natalie Portman regardless, <laughs> you know, of course. Um, I really loved the her throwing your mirror and it breaking apart and yes. not like kicking ass on its awesome. own and reforming. That was fucking dope, man. I was into Super that. Cool. Um, Rick, what did you think of Mighty Thor? Uh, great introduction on that, too. That was such a good on-screen introduction when he showed she showed up like that and just grabs the hammer. Mm-hmm. Looked great in the suit. Uh, she was jacked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> character was funny. I've loved her since the first movie though, so I have a soft spot for her too. So I wish that we had more of her in the MCU. Um, but no, great, great reintroduction. It's it's sad, uh, you know, with the way she went out. Um, you know, but what was in the cards was in the cards. It doesn't mean forever because it's the MCU and nobody dies. So, <laughs> but um, no, great, great character. I think they used her great. I wish we had more of her. You know, that that's my only want from the character is I wish there would have been more of her, like doing something somewhere at this point. Um, Don, I want to see if you if you agree. Um when your thoughts of, of Jane Foster's Mighty Thor is, I kind of, she's in Valhalla now. Yes, she dies at the end of the film. I kind of hope, though, that, not because I don't like the character, I kind of hope she stays there. Though. I think yeah. it was a nice ending for her character, and, you know, Thor yeah. can go on and do his thing. And I have a feeling, too, because they actually had Heimdall like, reiterate, like, well, you're dead. Like, you know, like he literally says it like, so when she gets there, like, oh, I see you're dead. So I felt like that was kind of like the ant to the audience of like, yes, this is where she's at. Like, this isn't like she came back somewhere else and can return down the line. She's dead. And she was a a brave warrior that died in battle and she went to Valhalla. And 
I do. I think that that's a one and done. I think that she was kind of done with the whole MCU and kind of over it. And I think this was an opportunity for her to come back and work with Taika. You know, he went to her personally and was like, hey, I got this idea. I'm going to bring you back. You're going to get to do this really cool one time kind of spin as the mighty Thor. How's that sound? She's like, cool. Like, but it's a one and done kind of thing. Sign me up. Right. She probably was like, I don't want to sign on for five more roles and TV shows and all this other stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that was how he got her was just kind of being like, we're going to do this one nice film together. We're going to have fun. And, and I'll take you out at the end. And that was kind of where they went with it. But I was very happy to see her back too. I enjoyed her in the other movies. Um, I always liked their relationship and, and I hated that it kind of was just blown off off screen. You know, mm-hmm. that it was just kind of mentioned in Ragnarok, like, oh, yeah, we broke up. Like, and it was like, what? Like, why? Like, that was such a big deal. Like, why did they just break up? So I really appreciated that the film even took a couple minutes to show us their relationship, you know, to really take us back and show them dating and show them going out to eat and watching TV on the couch and doing Halloween and just seeing their relationship evolve and how he had to keep taking off. And then she kept taking off and how that built to them breaking up, you know. And so it was like, ah, oh, getting that insight to their relationship was great um so yeah i love natalie portman i thought she was fantastic in this and uh it was it was cool i would have i wouldn't have minded seeing her down the road kind of being the new avenger and kind of helping them kick ass but um this it was a great addition to this one you know and and i'm just glad that it kind of could shut up a lot of the you know crybabies that were out there that were like they're just gonna try to pass the torch to her and and they're gonna throw thor to the wayside and it's the mc mcu and all this stuff like moving on to the girls right and it was like no this isn't a passing of the torch thing like this was just a story about love and 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 it was a really cool kind of full circle for their characters yeah, I fully agree. Yeah, because you know there was a there was a portion of people out there yeah. crying that oh no they're gonna get Hemsworth's done that's it passing on the yeah. torch and it's like kill him off you, and oh, yeah if you actually watch the film it's like not even close she's clearly a supporting character and Natalie Portman <laughs> Natalie Portman's not signing up for three or four films so I don't know anyone <laughs> anyone anyone who thought that's an idiot anyway yeah didn't put a really lot of, a lot of thought into that no. before you spit that out of your mouth. Um, I guess that well let's get on to the let's get on to the villain before we get some other supporting characters though. Uh of Gore the God Butcher, Christian Bale, super creepy, fucking just brings it as always. He never just doesn't just bring it all the way. But um Tim, the I, I one thing I was thinking is as much as I did I enjoyed everything we got from Gore in this, like you're saying, super creepy, especially when he's smiling with the kids like you, you know, talked about. My favorite scene, yeah. You kind of feel like we needed more. I kind of, I wanted more gore. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. I, I thought he was a little underserved. Well, like Don said too, I would have liked to have seen him killing some more of these gods, showing yeah. the power yeah. of the Necrosword. Uh, even the one like you said with with Sif on that planet, he killed that big, huge god yeah. thing. I want to see how he did that. Yes, <laughs> I don't. Wanna, I don't want you to skip that. So no, I absolutely agree with you. I we I wanted more. Uh, Christian Bale especially is someone who you want to see more of the guy. Yeah. I mean, even even the beginning when 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 he's you know begging to the god and all that stuff, that's all that's not just like you know any actor coming in here and and throwing a couple lines out. This dude puts his sh- everything he's got into this. You know, you you believe you, I thought I was watching some kind of Bible show on fucking A and E or something with him doing that in the beginning. Fantastic. He was so good in it. Yeah, I said my favorite part is when he first appears to the kids laughing and he has that that smile on his face. I said that's tattoo worthy right there. That, fucking, oh, wow. that, 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 that face right there is fantastic. Um, again, I'm not big on villains redeeming themselves, but in this case, I thought it made a lot of sense at the end. 
he's like, holy shit, you're right. I can I can bring my kid back. I have eternity here. I mm-hmm. can make any wish I want in the entire Galaxy universe. I can bring her back. But I just don't want her to be alone, and I thought that made a lot of sense. Um, so, no, I thought – I love Christian Bale in this, too. I love – again, we didn't get to see – I can't say I love Gore too much. We didn't see enough of him. But yeah, exactly. Christian Bale as Gore, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and, and dropping on Alex's comment here, yeah, Gore was a very scary, scary villain, and he was very eerie whenever he was on screen there. And I thought there was another great uh, quote that Alex was dropping in here from Thor to Gore was, I'll call the hammer when you call the dentist. I think it was like, I'll call the axe. Yeah, call the axe. And not, not to get not axe. to get like all philosophical and shit too, but you know, it's one of those secret messages of people begging God for everything or a God or their God. And no, God doesn't show up. So what do you do? You know, how many times does God show up in your daily activities when you're asking for something? He don't, <laughs> they don't. No. And this guy took that flat to a whole nother level. Like, well, if you're not going to show up, I'm going to fucking kill all you. So I'd like to really like a kind of a, a deep thing to be thinking about. So I, I, I really liked it. Yeah. Um, I guess, Rick, uh, one thing I, I think that I've seen that's been thrown out there, and to get your thoughts on this, is some people have questioned, like, oh, Gore just kind of changes his mind at the end at the last second. Like, oh, wait a second, I want all the gods dead, but no, I'm going to just have my daughter come back. You kind of think that maybe his opinion on gods changed as he witnessed what Thor was doing as a god and showed him, like, oh, wait a second, these guys aren't all selfish pricks that want you to, like, pray to them and give everything up for them, that there are some of them that maybe they're not so bad. They are in love. They have, they'll sacrifice themselves. They'll do all those things. I kind of think that played into his motivation at the end of changing his whole thing at the last second. And he also saw someone who was like, I can bring my daughter back and then this guy can, I can trust him to, to do the right thing. Uh, I think that was his mission all along. To bring his daughter back? He wasn't going to kill all the gods? I think that he <coughs> was on a he was on a, a mission of vengeance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, you know, he felt the false prophet. It's basically they're false prophets. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, like there's a bunch of scenes that were removed, like him removing the, the religious tattoos when he was all scarred up at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never got to see that. I feel like there was a lot left on the cutting room floor. This movie was too short. Um, And I feel like those religious elements were walked over. And I feel like those religious elements would have gave Christian Bale the opportunity to have his own joke, like, uh, you know, like Joker and Dark Knight villain, you know? Uh, I felt like his character was very like Cheshire Cat when he was in the spaceship like the way he was just kind of in and out of it when they were fighting him and uh on earth you know he was just kind of in the background like i loved the spookiness of his character and i and i really enjoyed the way he looked and the way that bale played him but i feel like it was more we needed, more. We needed to allow him to like explore the character and, and and really get in you know really get in our heads i wanted to leave that movie scared of gore um however his decision at the end like He's just a driven man, and I feel like he had a mission to keep his family alive, and then he had a mission to avenge their deaths, and then he had an opportunity to get his family alive again, or at, le- at the very least his daughter. 
So I don't even feel like it was a face turn. I feel like I feel like he was just a soldier with a mission. I just finished, <laughs> funny enough, I just finished watching uh, The Terminal List. And I felt like, hey, this character's on the same, uh, you know, he's on the same mission that Gore was on. You know, um, so I, I, I think that he was uh, an incidental soldier and he just put himself on a mission for vengeance. And then I think he had an opportunity to make a, you know, I don't think he had an opportunity to make amends. I think he had an opportunity to bring his daughter back. I don't think it was a face turn. I think that he was just always a soldier on a mission. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, and I guess we, we got the other supporting characters there. Uh, Don, what are, what were your thoughts on, on Valkyrie? Because there's some people saying she got pushed well, to the side a little bit. Well, before we get to Valkyrie, let me speak on Gore. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we had to be My bad. My bad. <laughs> um, because I do want to touch upon kind of what we we're talking about because I feel – I feel like so I do feel like he kind of did a face turn at the end there and that was because the sword got destroyed because the whole thing was is that you know it was the sword that was really manipulating him and turning him into the evil bastard that he was right like mm -hmm. he had vengeance he wanted to get you know he wanted to go after those gods but it was really the sword that was whispering in his ear like to do this you know get him you know and once that sword was destroyed he was able to kind of come down and start to kind of what have I done? Kind of almost starting to think about his actions. It was when, you know, I still think he was ready to wish all the gods are going to die, like plain and simple. And it was when Thor said, like, you can choose that, but I'm going to go spend my last, you know, couple minutes with the woman that I love. And if his daughter's name truly was love, <laughs> like that was that connection again of like when he said, like, I'm going to go be with the girl I love. And then he heard that. And then he was like, oh, I could bring her back. And he's like, but I don't want her to be alone. And Jane in her dying you know, breath is like, she won't be alone. And she looks at Thor and he nods and says like, yes, you know, I'll watch her, you know, and that it was what made him make that decision and feel kind of comfortable with choosing to bring back the daughter instead of just saying, kill all the gods. Right. Cause he didn't have that, the, the sword kind of pushing him over the edge anymore. So, uh, I thought that was what was really interesting there. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think there's a ton left on the cutting room floor. Uh, if you've heard any of the stories, like this movie was like four hours long, like the yeah. original cut, and literally chopped half of it out. And it sucks because he's already shot down. Like there won't be no YTT cut <laughs> of this movie, and I would love to see it because I've seen Natalie Portman, I've seen Chris Hemsworth, I've seen all of them say there's so many additional scenes, characters great moments, planets, all kinds of stuff that was cut out um, of this movie that I'm just like, man, like, like there's so much we didn't get that they had shot. Um, so uh, I know that there's a ton more of Christian Bale and Gore that got left out, which would have been really cool to see because he was a really cool villain, but we didn't get a lot with it. It would have been great in the beginning to see him going around and killing all these gods and then really then going back to the guardianship and being like all the distress signals of just like all these gods are dropping and everything's going on after we've already seen him bouncing around, just murdering people. All right. Mm -hmm. So that would have been cool as hell. So that would have been awesome. Switching gears to Valkyrie. Uh, always great to see Valkyrie love Tessa Thompson. Um, again, wish there was a little bit more, um, wish she could have done a little bit more. Uh, I also think she has scenes that were left on the cutting room floor that we didn't get. There's even just different things that you see in the trailer that was not in the movie that she does, you know. But when she's on screen, she's captivating. Um, she's an awesome character. She's great 
to as a leader she's great as a friend i love her dynamic with thor i love the relationship she bonded really quick with jane um so yeah she's she's always awesome and i can't wait there's a rumor that she's in black panther too as well too so that'd be kind of interesting to see her pop up again if that's the case um you know with asgard being on earth and wakanda around maybe that is the case so uh that'd be pretty awesome so um yeah no great always great uh to see that character team jane um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We know what team we're on. Team yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Valkyrie was great, and I think they gave her a certain amount because, again, you got so many characters yeah. you have to serve, so you can't just keep on going through it. Um, but I, I also think that uh, Korg, Korg was like, re- he was. Listen, the guy's funny. Like Tim, I, I wanted to ask you about about Korg. Your thoughts on him? We'll bounce around for the supporting characters. Um, you know, he was hilarious again. It's Taika Waititi. I know you're a big fan of his now, so, you know. Yeah, I love all I love all. He, I love what we do in the shadows. I love that Wellington. He has Wellington Paranormal, which a lot of people don't know about. All these wacky yeah. shows. I, I'm a huge fan of his now. Um, Yeah, Cord. I love Cord. How can you not like Cord? If you don't like Cord, then just... <laughs> I mean, even just the way... You cannot, like, not talk like him after you watch the movie. <laughs> you can't. You can't not do it. It's just the way... Um, the, the hammer pulled you off. Yeah, all the time. I, 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 every time, every time I see Jodie Foster, I'm Jodie Foster. That's what I'm going to say from now on. Every time I see her, um, no, I think he's a Jane great. I, I think, yeah, Jane Fonda. I love it. I don't know. I, I think it's a great character. Um, I, I hope a lot of people don't go crazy that he's, you know, he, that he mates with men because we, we we know someone who will go crazy over that fact. Yes. I'll never but, see the story about it. <laughs> okay, sure. But the fact that you remember he's a, he's a goddamn rock monster, you know. They don't so they pretty much don't have a sex. They're, they're just he's boxed. not really male or female. He's a rock monster for Christ's sake. And yeah. Let it go let it go, man. But uh no, we I met another Ryan. guy named Dwayne. Yeah. That was, <laughs> dude, that was Dwayne the Rock. Dwayne the Rock. That was hilarious. Uh, with, a, with, with a with and he had that little mustache. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I I hope Corey can get some kind of Disney half yes, hour half one, hour yeah. storytelling, like storytelling. Having... No, imagine Cord storytelling, and he tells uh, little stories about each Marvel character, like he did. That would be a great show. I'd watch every one of those. He'd be excellent for a Christmas special or a Halloween yeah. special. That would be great. What about a Disney Plus show? Of telling the recap of old stories with him and Luis. Yeah. <laughs> How great would that be if that, those two recapping it? Two great storytellers. Oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> that, that would be phenomenal. Um, and I, Donna, I hear that you have a soft spot for the goats. You're, you're <laughs> I love the, the goats, goats, man. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how I'd feel about the goats, man. When when the uh, post character posters came out and they actually got their own poster, I was like, "Why do these goats have a poster? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense." Um, and at first, I was like, "Okay, it's funny. I don't know if this will get played out by later in the film, but it honestly was funny every time that damn sound came out, especially when they ran into the planet yes. and it was just oh, silent yeah. for a mo- <laughs> and it was just silent for a moment, and then it's all ah! <laughs> like I was like, "Oh my god, dude! It was so good." Like so, yeah. They're they're they was pretty hilarious, man. God love the goats. They were super useful too. Oh, yeah. of course. I mean, super a lot of useful. a lot of it doesn't happen without them. Yeah, when they gave it, when they like presented him the gift, he was like, "Oh shit, let's go!" Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I could use these guys in court. Yeah, like, he was oh, pumped on that one. And the king, the king was like, the king was like, "Take the goats." 
Take the yes. goats. You're, you're taking. Yeah, the take the goats. <laughs> <laughs> you accepted them, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> like he kept, he kept going, like harping on it. You're taking them, right? Like, yeah, you're you accepted it. Take the goats. <laughs> yeah, no givebacks. <laughs> no givebacks. Uh, Rick, there's another thing. There's a big love triangle in this film between Thor, Mjolnir, and Stormbreaker that I did not get tired of at all. I know some people did. I really exactly. It was just like <laughs> just coming to the side of the screen. I love out of nowhere. It. I thought it was hilarious the entire time. No, it was excellent. It just uh it just kept making me think of the meme of the guy walking with the girl and then you just interchange the name. Exactly. There you go. Uh <laughs> I loved it. I I love that uh they're their own characters, you know, somehow they're sentient characters and they're in their own way. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. I get I think it adds uh, a lot to it. I'd be really interested to see what love is capable with, like it's basically having right. access to the biofrost. Yeah. Like it's, uh, I don't know. It's super open-ended. We don't even know where her powers are anyway. Not a, not a damn clue, honestly. Like she's, she's literally like part of eternity. So it'll, um, I don't know. It's got a huge, it's got a bright future. It's it's one movie, but it, I think it's got a, hu- a bright future on it. And I think I I, I don't know. I, I'm dying to see where it goes. I I can imagine Tyke is going to come back and do another one because apparently from what I'm seeing, he'll do it if Hemsworth does it. I know they threw out the crazy idea because I think he just likes fucking with people. Oh yeah, five million dollar movie and it's just them on a road trip. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I think they'll they'll come up with something cool and I'll do at least one more. Well, with, with Disney Plus, you can do something like that. That's true, actually. True. You could, but before if they're gonna do anything like that, they better give us Cap returning the fucking stones before yeah. anything happens. That needs to be its own Disney Plus. Even just make it a one shot. I don't care. I would even be good with that. I know. Um, I, know Don, I know Don hates six, but six stones, six episodes. That's all you need. <laughs> that, that's a six I can understand, right? Yeah. Um, and I guess let's talk about the post-credit scene. Um, uh, I mean, Don, we got Hercules. We got Hercules coming. Zeus is in it. If we want to talk about Zeus, we can elaborate on Zeus and Hercules together. We got fucking Russell Crowe as Zeus. Not inviting Chris Hemsworth to the orgy anymore, but now his son. You are uninvited to the orgy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, interesting post-credits. You know, I had a couple buddies tell me, like, oh, I bet uh, Hercules is going to pop up. And honestly, I really didn't think it would. I didn't think they were going to go that way. Um, so I was shocked. I was shocked to see, especially to see that as my boy Roy Kent from uh, Ted Lasso. So <laughs> I was like, okay, never in a million years would have thought he would have been Hercules. But uh, that was it was pretty interesting, man. Uh, yes, father. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait to see where that kind of goes. I mean, it was a good setup. I, I Honestly, they tricked us again. I thought Zeus was dead. Um, so, you know, lightning bolt through the chest. He fell from God knows how far um, also. So. I was shocked to see when the screen came back up and, and he was there getting his wounds tended to. Um, but yeah, good, good post credit scene sets up another new character that they've been doing this a lot lately with the whole like introduction of new characters, uh, new people coming to the MCU, new actors, you know, jo- signing on that we find out in the post credit scene, <laughs> you know, like, oh, look, look who this is now. It's so, casting announcements um, now instead of. Yeah, <laughs> cast- yeah, exactly. That's how they're casting stuff and then announcing it to us, right? They had uh, Harry Styles at the end of uh, Eternals and mm-hmm. uh, we had Charlize Theron at the end of uh, Doctor Strange. So, and then yeah. now here we get, you know, that. So, uh, big casting announcements from Marvel in the post credit scene. So, you always yeah. need to stay and wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
All right. I mean, I guess uh, anyone else got any other things we want to bring up regarding the movie? Because there's this one thing I wanted to talk about Phase 4 in general before we wrap this episode up. We got anything else on, on Thor Love and Thunder? I was, I was, I was, I mean, I was against this. There's two things I was completely against Marvel going. One was the gods. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to see the god. I thought it was kind of stupid. And I don't want to see the Savage Land where there's somewhere on Earth that actually has dinosaurs and shit in. <laughs> Those are the two. Th- I was like, please don't go there. Because I always thought Thor was a god, not an actual god. I thought they referred to him as a god because, you know, he lives longer and he has you know, powers. But I didn't think he was an actual god like greece mythology type i had the same reaction as jane did zeus really like we're <laughs> gonna get the actual zeus in this movie but you know what yeah. again they did it really well i i get all them to trust marvel more i really do because I, I was like ah oh, zeus and then i i heard about hercules before because you know me i don't give a shit about spoilers i heard about it before that he was in it and i even asked Edna if we saw it so you think people are going crazy because it's hercules or because of who's playing him. I think it's because right. of who's playing him. <laughs> I think it's because people That's why people are losing their mind. Um, but other than that, no, again, I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut from now on. I still don't want to see the Savage Land, but I'll keep my mouth shut from now on because they did it really well. And I thought Russell Crowe was hilarious. Tim, I really hope the first X-Men movie takes place in Savage Land. Oh, please. It's just some things you can leave out and I'll be good with. But they, did a, they, they, did a, they did a good job with, with the gods. So I'll I'll allow it. I'll right. allow it. <laughs> Don Rick, anything else on on Love, Love and Thunder before we? I'm just glad we all liked it. We were talking about how divisive it was, and there's four of us, and we all liked it. So yeah. I'm just throwing it out being here. fair about no, but I, you, I, it's yeah. so true though, dude. Like if, when I'm scrolling like Twitter. Like, it's literally like, this was the best. And the very next one's like, what a piece of shit. Like, and then it's like, like literally people, I've seen people say it's the worst movie of all time. And I'm just like, what is going on right now? Like, it's just literally like from one tweet to the next of how good it is and how bad it is. And I'm just like. It's worse than Delta Force 2? No way. (laughs) That's where you went. You uh, ruined all the kids' childhoods with this yeah. one. Uh, I, I it, that's the worst statement so ever. Weird. Say that shit. You ruined it, my it's childhood. It's so weird when people hate something like this, and it's like, really? Like, how yeah. did I sit there with a smile basically on my face the whole time, exactly. and you sat there angry that <laughs> you know Thor gave some kids powers for two minutes, and yeah. that ruined the whole movie for you? Or, you know, or, or whatever, whatever reason that somebody might cook up for, like, it was the end-all, be-all and ruined the whole movie. Like, that's the baby with the bathwater. Like, okay, they didn't get that part perfect. You want to <laughs> see something with a higher rating, go watch uh, Miss Marvel. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Go, go watch the first <laughs> Avenger. Like, yeah, I saw, people people hated this. I loved the Stormbreaker coming into this. I thought that was Dude, fucking hilarious. It was I every time both it happened. times. Yeah, both times I laughed when I saw it. Every so time. I'm like, all right, I think it's fantastic. I, I want to get a Stormbreaker for the show and ease it. Yeah, in. Just, was, uh, <laughs> just keep having it come in. Amazon wasn't going to deliver on time, so I couldn't do it. But I was close <laughs> to doing it. That's funny. That's Stormbreaker funny. was the Jar Jar Binks of this movie. What? Bastards! <laughs> you mean he was awesome? And unappreciated? Yeah. Love Stormbreaker. <laughs> underappreciated yeah, that Jar Jar. <laughs> um, all right, there was something actually Rick and I were, t- were chatting about earlier that we want talking about. The- there it is. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> was just kind of like, it just seems like the MCU was dealing with their first, devi- well, not really their first, because I feel like Eternals was their first divisive movie, and now 
people are reacting similarly to Thor, which those movies are completely night and day of. I'm whether Tim, I know what you feel about, but in terms of tone, you have one that's way more serious than one so lighthearted it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what do you guys think of Phase Four in general? I mean, I haven't. I, I can pretty much think I can take a wild guess right off the top of my head. Even though Don is the first time we're we're even chatting, but I have a feeling like I can I can take a wild guess here. But is I don't think there's been a I personally don't think there's been a quality drop off at all. I think that Endgame and Infinity War were so in crazy intense, and that was the culmination of twenty something movies at that point. So it was like, all right, you got like to the pinnacle, and then it's like we're kind of like resetting in a way and dealing with the aftermath of what happened there. For the ongoing characters like Doctor Strange and Thor and Scarlet Witch and Spider-Man, they're all dealing with aftermath, but we're also getting a lot of origin stories of characters that people don't really, like Rick uses the term, the casuals. The casuals don't really know. So I kind of feel like that's what there's some pushback for because they just they don't know Tony. This isn't Tony Stark and Captain America and Iron Man and the people they're used to. So they're almost like just rejecting it a little because it's different. But I don't think the quality has dropped off. Uh, Don, yeah. What, what, what are your thoughts on the people that are – the way people are, are – what are your thoughts on phase four, number one, and two, uh, yeah. people's reactions to it so far? Yeah, so I think I think it's an unfair spot to put Marvel in, right? Because who else – like there's no other template for this, right? We're 29 movies in to a saga, <laughs> 29 yeah. and like seven or eight TV shows on top of it now. Um, it's hard because if you're looking at it as a diehard lifelong fan and you look at phase four, I think that a lot of it is just like, oh, four hasn't been that great, right? And that's just because look at what we're living up to exactly like you, you can't come off of infinity war and endgame which i truly feel are two of the best movies like of all time in period let alone comic book stuff mm-hmm. um they're just movies that are just next level and you can't like how do you come back from that and not have it be a letdown right like like you're not gonna touch that again until we do a secret wars right like so you have to almost take a step back and look at phase four almost as phase one part two, right? Because it's it's a reset. It's a soft reboot kind of for the universe where we're still continuing the adventures of who's left over, but we're also trying to expand the universe again with new characters. And again, it's a bunch of origin stories, which is what phase one was, um, you know, and we're building. And so there's been great stuff. Like Shang-Chi is incredible. You know, like, uh, I really like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I love Thor. Um, I think most of the shows have been pretty solid for the most part. Like, yeah, I don't think there's a big dip in quality. I just think we're getting so much more of it now, so we're spoiled. And I think that's where a lot of the haters kind of come into play, because we're just we're just spoiled. So if everything isn't an Infinity War or Endgame, we're like, this sucks. You know, like, and it's just, and, and it's just that crybaby attitude of just, if it's not better than the last one, it's it's the worst thing ever and i don't know why we became that way <laughs> like we should be happy with where we're at right like i mean we're blessed literally every couple months with something new you know we have she hulk starting literally in a couple weeks you know we have the little i am groot like shorts that are going to be starting in a couple weeks like you know we have stuff throughout the rest of the year you know um like every couple months we're going to have something new to bless us with and i think we just 
phase four is just so different because it's not the Tony Stark show. It's not the Steve Rogers show. Like we had our OGs and, and we've told that story over the course of 20 plus films. And now we're telling the next chapter of it. And yeah, it's just, it's just hard. Like, I just think you have to, I think some people just have to look at it in a different perspective. If you take a step back and you do look at it as almost like a phase one all over again, I think you could appreciate phase four more and I think the fact and the lack of continuity sometimes, the way it feels, um, leaves people upset because we're also spoiled by that. Everything, we love all our threads, right? Ooh, this guy was in this and that was in that. And and I love that everything comes together. Whereas phase four feels just like a lot of that's over there, that's over there, that's <laughs> over there. Like Moon Knight had nothing connecting it at all. Like there was like one little mention of like the astral plane and the gods of Black Panther. Yeah. But like really there was no mention of anything MCU related. You know, it's like slowly things are getting more and more disconnected. And then we're like, well, what's the big thread here? What are we leaning to? Where are we going? Um, and so we 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 missed that. I think that's why Spider-Man was so big because we got the older villains back in and we got Toby and Andrew and it was just like, it was next level, right? We were really using the multiverse to kind of give us these moments that we never thought we'd have. Whereas all these other new things are just kind of like, well, they're there, but they're not really, we can't see the bigger picture yet. And hopefully after Comic-Con at the end of this month, mm -hmm. we'll get some big more announcements. We'll get Kevin Feige might allude to, okay, here's the next Avengers film. It's going to be Secret Wars. Like, And if everybody kind of knows where we're going, I think that the excitement level will kind of boost back. But I think that's where some of the reception is rough on four is just people not really looking at the bigger picture and kind of just being spoiled by what we already had come from before. Rick, it's a little eerie that Don pretty much is said kind of what me and you were talking about on the phone this morning because <laughs> yeah. we were we were talking and honestly saying similar things that you were just saying like that's kind of what it is and tim i i guess i'll, I'll throw it to you next it's almost like does it even have to be super connected like it was before like we know they're going to tie it all together at some point we know that's coming and do you agree with the, the analysis like you know can't you just grade the movies on their own merits instead of just saying like if you didn't connect to Kang, Kang or you didn't connect to Secret Wars, you're not telling me and beating me over the head with it, then you suck. Like, dude, the fucking movie, Love and Thunder, is good. Is it good or is it bad? You know? Strange. Is it in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? Is it good or is it bad? Like, what do you think of people's reception of Phase 4? Well, people are stupid. That's I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll be the first to admit that Phase 4 is my, would be my least favorite. Um, doesn't mean I, you know, but it's like, you know, I, I saw Star Wars movies. I have my favorites. I have my least favorites, but I love them all. It doesn't mean I don't like them. The, same, the only legitimate movie I dislike is Captain Marvel because I don't like the character and I don't like Brie Larson, so I can't get on board with it. I just can't. Even though they have a Kevin Smith reference in it, I still can't get on board with that movie. That should have um, sold two seconds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shang-Chi, I've only seen it once, so I can't really make a full judgment on it until I watch it again. I don't know why I haven't watched it twice. Cause usually so like I've good. seen, I, I've seen no way home, you yeah. know, six, seven, eight times already. Shang-Chi. I haven't got around to watching it again. The Eternals. I will never watch again. I fucking <laughs> hated that movie. hated it with a fucking more than Captain action. Marvel, more than Captain Marvel. I oh my God. So I Woo! was so bored with that goddamn movie. I'll never watch it again. I don't even, I don't care what they tie into it. 
but yeah, that's why and I think that's Marvel's what, tied to. to uh, but that's to what left the, that's what left the taste in my mouth. I think I think Eternals kind of threw the phase four for me a little. Um, but no, uh, Spider Man was fantastic. Doctor Strange was good. Thor was good. You know, uh, but you know, like I said, you have your favorites, you have your least. It doesn't have to all be connected. But I do like. Give me one little reference and I'm good. I don't need fucking yeah, you know yeah. like the board with the strings going. Yeah. This is why. This is why. This is this is why this. And I don't need that shit. One like you said, the astral plane in in uh in the whatever Moon Knight. Moon Knight. That's all I need. I know that where they are now. I know they're in that universe. That's all I need to need to know. Uh, but people like the bits. People like the moon. Um, but Phase Four is again. I love. I I like everything except for Eternals. Um, I don't know why I can't get on board with that movie either. I was just bored to death. I think that's what it was. I'll try to give it another shot. I'll be fair because there's been I plenty always of movies. Say give everything a second shot. Well, like, there's been plenty I feel of like... movies. Yeah, there's been plenty of movies where the, I watched it the first time and I was like, this, if I yeah. told you some of the movies, Don, that I hated the first time, you'd shit your pants. And then the second time, I absolutely love them. I'll admit so, right now, I hated Anchorman the first time I saw it. I, hated, I fucking I hated. You know Michael. how much I love Anchorman. I hate I've been, it. I've been trying to get Eddie to rewatch Fast and the Furious for 15 years now. <laughs> He'll never yeah. like well, that one. Right? I told him, man, you got to give Vin Diesel one more shot. No, Fight Club, Ooh. I hated the first time I saw it. I think it was just because everyone talked about it the way they talked about it. But then I, I, I was like, oh, this sucks. I'm going to watch that again. But then it kind of crawled in my head for like a week. I'm like, I got to watch that again. <laughs> I thought, now I fucking love it. You know, maybe, you know, I think Shang-Chi I'm going to like again. I know I wasn't fond of the last half hour. That's why I didn't like it. But I'm going to go back and watch that. He's riding the dragon, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, He's riding the dragon. Of the fucking dragon. No, that, that's what it was. Going into that world, whatever, I was like, oh, this kind of sucks. I don't know. I yeah, didn't do great. it. But I'm, well, I'm going to rewatch that. We saw that, that together, one. didn't we? we? Didn't we see Shang-Chi? I think we I talked think so. afterwards because you felt you wanted more of like a street-level martial artist. And then you just yeah. did it. You weren't ready for the magical thing. I wasn't ready for the magical okay. world of going into the fucking forest and opening up and there's like you know lion-headed zebra, whatever the <laughs> fuck those things were. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't into that. I wanted to see a more kung fu style street fighting. I don't care about the rings. The rings are awesome. But yeah, I wanted to see a more straight up fucking Bruce Lee movie. And then there's you know he's riding a dragon, fighting crazy ass things. But overall, again, I have no problem with Phase Four. Uh, the TV shows were good. And yeah, and all the movies are great except the Eternals is my only bad spot in the, in the whole thing. Okay, I just say sometimes like we go, we go in especially to these MCU movies with such high expectations, right? And then when it doesn't hit with what we expect it to hit, we come no, but, out dis- but Eternals, disappointed and upset. I didn't I didn't like the trailers. I didn't like the look. I don't like anything about that movie when the trailers either. But so still, I like, so I bet you that that helped you walk into it almost kind of negative. Like I'm not gonna like this because you already uh, didn't like the marketing. There's been plenty of stuff that I, I saw the trailer like ah oh, that sucks. But then I went in like yeah. okay. You gotta I'm not saying you're shot. gonna love it on the second viewing. I'm just saying I find that like the second viewing, especially with Marvel movies, like when I saw Thor: Love and Thunder, even the second time, I was like, dude, I like that way more than I did the first yeah. time. Like it up my love for it. Like. And with Eternals, I felt the same way. When I watched Eternals the first time in the theater, that opening night, I was like, eh, it was all right. Like, And then I went back with the family that weekend, and I was like, I don't know, watching it with that different lens and kind of that second time, I was like, I actually enjoyed that way more than I did the first time. And mm-hmm. and I've just found with a lot of the Marvel movies, the second viewings, the third viewings, I almost appreciated more what they were going for because I my own expectations are kind of out the window. So 
I don't know. I'd be curious to see what you thought, especially like Shang Chi. I saw like three or four times in the theater. I love, I love that one. I loved it all um, right off the bat. Yeah, it's so good. No, it's just um, the ending. Just the ending. I, I would. I said. I, I think that's what kept me from going back. Like I said, if I like a movie, I watch. I'll watch it six, seven, eight, nine. I don't. You know, I don't care. But those two movies, I've only seen once. Well, Tim, what you should do is you should check it out on, on uh, if they still have it in the IMAX ratio on yeah, Disney Plus. Check that out. Check it out on home. You have the big screen TV. The IMAX ratio on Disney Plus is it is there is a difference. You it yeah. it's, looks really and sounds fucking great. Um, Rick, we were talking about it earlier. You know, we didn't, we we cut ourselves short because we wanted to save it for the show. Um, what are your thoughts on Phase Four? You know, so far maybe the thoughts on the fans. You know, mis maybe somewhat disconnect. I don't want to say full disconnect. I didn't Someone think it was going to work at all. Like when Tim was like, oh, no, don't, you know, not the gods. Yeah. I was the same way with, oh, no, not out of space. I was like, this isn't going to yeah. work. People are not going to like this. This is not Iron Man. This is not Captain America. They're not going to like this. This is going to be like when the X-Men were in out of space and things were really weird. <laughs> um, I, I just, I didn't think people were going to like it. Uh, I read a lot of, I own a lot of the comic books that are that are made reference to and this you know the space stuff and the god stuff i own a lot of thor i own a lot of like uh i own micronauts comic books like i own a bunch of weird you ed you held my collection for a year or two you saw i have a there's howard the duck in there plenty of issues nightcrawler miniseries exactly the the nightcrawler miniseries the long shot miniseries magic like Right, I like these other things. So when they expand the universe, like they're making it better for me. Me and Tim talk about it all the time on shooting the Sith. I'm like, what? You're gonna shoot a Star Wars? What? I'm in. Like you're gonna expand the mythos? I'm in. And same thing with the MCU. Like, like I'm in for the expansion of the universe, the mythos, everything with it. As long as it's a quality product, like I'm gonna be watching it. Um, I did not uh, think other people would appreciate it the same way I did. Um, but a lot more people are. A lot more people are appreciating it than, than I thought would be. Uh, we got four people here, you know. <laughs> and Jason. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure if we had six people, we might have six people that all still like it. You know, they would all be with us. So um, I expected there to be haters. I expected the casuals to be haters. Uh, and I know that when the product gets so large, you will, you know, you'll, you'll attract a large amount of casuals, you know, with MMA, the, the scene is so toxic. A guy can go out there and fight the, the fight of his life and then people will still hate it, you know, and they'll have negative things to say about it. Like, and with these movies, like these people pour everything they have into it. Like if, if you think that these directors and these producers are getting their hands on a Marvel product and don't care, you're crazy. Yeah. Like these people are looking to generate, generate like generational wealth. They're looking to, you know, have their opportunity to do their own major product based off of this one thing. Like there's, um, there's a lot on the line for everyone, you know, and I feel like they, I feel like they do their best with the product they put out Are things not perfect. Yeah. But I mean, it's also a lot of product by this point, but 29 movies, like, there's a hundred hours of MCU content out there now, officially. One hundred hours. hours. So if people can can bitch about two or three of that hundred hours, they'll take. Sounds it. pretty good to me, you know. <laughs> yeah, 
No, I, I and, just and don't. I'm sorry, I did. No, well, what I was gonna say quickly is, um, yeah, I was gonna follow what Don said. I would highly suggest watching Eternals again too. Because I also, I know we watched it together, and we all, me, you, and Jax were kind of like, what did you think of that? And yeah. it, was just, it was an awkward silence, and I kind, I had to think about it a lot, Dude, and I, I never off. had to think about an MCU movie like that. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> no, but then. The rewatch, like Don said, I actually liked it a lot more. And the more I thought about it, like, it's just because it's so different from every other MCU film that yeah. in Phase 4, I also think they've earned the right to take a lot of big swings right now and try different shit because of the, how successful they've been. And some people are not ready for the difference, like Eternals, you know, and Miss Marvel and Moon Knight and things like that. They kind of want it to be more Doctor Strange. Thor, you know, like Black Widow, that, give, me what, yeah. give me what I'm yeah. used to. So and people, people, how many people have you know knew who Shang Chi and the Eternals were? Not many. Night, yeah, exactly. I not think that's many. a lot of problem. People are like, oh, why isn't Captain America in this? Why, is, dude, let it go, man. That's what <laughs> you know. Black Widow. Th that movie was 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 pretty good too. It was a bear, like Bear said, it's not necessary. It wasn't necessary, but I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good so way fun. to yeah. to put her, yeah, to put her gap between Civil War and Avengers. I thought yeah. that was fantastic. It was a good, and it was an enjoyable movie. But you know, like, oh, she doesn't have any powers. So what? So what? There's Hawkeye. Who cares? And that's what I hear people complaining about Sam Wilson. Oh, he can't be Captain America because he doesn't have powers. Kind of makes it different, actually. He's just a dude who like wants to do the right thing. So, yeah, but he had, but he's not just a dude in a suit. He's got the wings. He's got, you know, he's yeah, well, yeah, he's, he's, still, he's still awesome, though. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I that's why I kind of like the Sam Wilson thing. And I'm, yeah, I'm curious to see next team we get, you know, for that. And we're, you know, I know Thunderbolts isn't officially officially announced yet, but we're supposed to be getting that as well. Well, we know we're getting another, I, of course, it'll be Avengers Secret Wars or whatever. I'm sure they'll, they'll call it something like that. So, I don't know. I, I just think that people need to chill out and, like you guys are saying, and it seems, sounds like we're on the same page. Enjoy it. Dude, we're getting fucking movie, awesome movies about comic book characters. Number one, just enjoy it for that. And two, you don't have that warm blanket to tell you, oh, Thanos is collecting Infinity Stones and they're mm -hmm. going to stop him. Give it a... Be patient. Trust me. They'll have something. Like you said, a hashtag. In Marvel, we trust. They've earned it by now, dude. More than any other franchise in the history of film or entertainment, so... Roll yeah. with it, man. It'll pay off. We, I think we're like, you got to open your mind. I think it's going to be really cool if we do get this Civil War movie with the uh, incursions. And then we do have an opportunity to see the three like Captain Americas side by side. If well, that's I guess it. She isn't Captain America, but you know, like, I think the, the fact that we can get situations like that are going to be really, really cool. Yeah. We just got to let the story play out. Just roll with it. Enjoy the new characters. Maybe we see the old ones. Maybe we don't. It's all fine. I think the quality is still high. So, whatever. We're looking forward to She-Hulk, like you said, and whatever else we got coming up. So, And then the West Coast Avengers right after. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what Rick's been waiting for. Sleepwalker and the West Coast Avengers. And then, then he's truly satisfied. Ed, I, I, got the, I got the Daredevil. I got the Hawkeye. You did. You the did. The West Coast Avengers is next. You did. And maybe and the Nightcrawler for four episode miniseries. Wait, real so, quick, you said you said before, thank God for Daredevil on Netflix. Did Disney edit it? No, he's just glad that they they created it. 
Oh, yeah. I was gonna say I, I thought you meant like they edited like the good stuff. I was like, they no. better not edit, you know, especially no. like the Punisher. If you edit that, it's just a dude in a shirt. Because <laughs> that show's all violent. You can't edit that show. Yeah. Right. But no, that's that's what I meant by it is that Disney didn't create it. You know, it was created yeah. by, by Netflix. And uh, I, I'm really happy that they did it because, you know, I feel like with, with uh, Love and Thunder, there's a scene where Gore, is, he, he yells so scary that they had to cut it out. Like, really? It's fine. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's go ahead and, and wrap this episode up then. Uh, you know, Tim, you know, Rick, Don, we're, Don's off screen right now, but thanks for, <laughs> thanks for jumping in. When Jason's not around, we got we got to get three people to fill the spot, man. I mean, that's, that's just what it is. He's, he's, he's that tremendous. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us tonight. As always, if you're joining us on Facebook and the live stream, check out the Granny's PhD Facebook group and join that. There's a bunch of cool articles and stuff that we bullshit about that we can't go ahead and, and make the show with. Otherwise, it'd be a 10-hour show every week. So check that out. Check out Pop Culture Pros because that's what we're presented by, as always. If you're catching us on YouTube, go ahead and hit subscribe and, and subscribe to Pop Culture Pros. Same thing with Twitter. Follow us, Instagram, wherever you found your podcast. If you're listening on the audio-only version, hit subscribe to Pop Culture Pros because we got a lot of cool stuff. Um, Randy's PhD will be on hiatus next week while Jason finishes up his vacation. We'll be back the week after that. But in the meantime, you also got some cool stuff here. If you like what you heard from Don tonight, you got Am I on the Air? Uh, Don, what do you got coming up in your next episode, man? Oh, man. Uh, so I am actually heading right after this to go see a early screening of The Gray Man, um, which is hitting Netflix next week, but going to go see in the theater tonight with the Russo Brothers. Nice. Uh, directors of Infinity War and Endgame with uh, Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling, big spy movie that I'm hearing great things about. So, going to go see that tonight in the theater. Uh, so, we'll be reviewing that. And of course, just every Monday night, it's just the weekend news. So, everything going on in the world of entertainment, television, movies, reviews, right here. Am I on the air? Uh, am I on the air.com, right here on Pop Culture Pros. So, yeah, definitely check me out as well. Nice. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, dude. Don, you're, you're welcome anytime, man. It was, it was a pleasure. Uh, Tim, if you liked what you heard from Tim, you like wrestling, check out the Just Too Sweet show with Tim and Eric on Tuesday nights. They go ahead and break down everything in wrestling. Uh, you guys just put out a new episode, uh, what, yesterday, the day before that, right? Tuesday. Tuesday we did, yeah. Tuesday. So you got that. Uh, if you want to hear Tim to go ahead and talk about Star Wars, you got Shooting the Sith. I know you'll be back soon, you know, when, when Andor drops. So you got that. And you can also catch Tim and Eric on Friday nights on the a to z show and i did not prepare something like jason does from a to z but they cover everything from a to z everything you can think of so so, apples to zucchini apples bang <laughs> perfect uh, if you're into baseball you can check me and lisa out on sunday nights on the empire 161 show we'll be talking about the week in yankees baseball if the mets are your jam check out the put no uh, put in the book show with farachi and rodriguez and and uh keith they talk about the new york mets as well if you're into disney Check out uh, Gabby and Ashley. I think they're recording an episode right now for Skyline Reviews, so you can go ahead and check that out. And, Rick, you're, you'll be having your show coming. I know you're still working on that. Yeah, podcast, Waiting on a Time Slot. Oh, wow. So, okay, so we're getting closer. Yes, yes. Once nice. we get that time slot figured out, uh, it'll be consistently inconsistent in your ear at all times. 
<laughs> Rick, it sounds perfect for you. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Peace. Or two weeks. <laughs>